Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Winston Western 500 at Riverside, California, and here's how they'll go. In the 40th position will be Carl Joyner of Portland, Oregon, 1972 Chevrolet, which qualified at 100 miles an hour. In the 39th position, Neil Castles. He's taped her back together and she's ready to go. The Charlotte, North Carolinian in a 71 Dodge, entered by Richard Howard to start in the 39th position. In the 38th position, from Anniston, Alabama, 71 Ford, number 77, Charlie Roberts. In the 37th position, from Truckee, California, 71 Ford, West Coast driver, Ron Gauchy. In the 36th position, from Highland, California, in a 69 Chevelle, Ivan Baldwin. In the 35th position, car number 61, a 71 Mercury from Chico, California, Jim Danielson. In the 34th position, car number 70 from Sanford, North Carolina, 71 Chevelle, the old Buick driver, J.D. McDuffie, ready to fire up. In the 33rd position, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Captain America, Ray Williams, in car number 47. In the 32nd starting position, a graduate of the Grand American position from Morrisville, North Carolina, David Ray Boggs in car number 57. In the 31st position, fast qualifier from the third day of qualifying from Spartanburg, South Carolina, one of the all-time giants of racing, David Pearson in car number 15, the Budmore Torino. Continuing the starting lineup for the Winston Western 500 from Riverside, California. In the 30th position, car number 88, Ron Kazluski of Drayton Plains, Michigan. In the 29th position, Dick Krantzler of Simba Valley, California, 72 Chevelle, number four. In the 28th position, car number 19 from Rome, Georgia, 69 Ford for Henley Gray. The 27th position, car number six from Concord, North Carolina, 72 Oldsmobile, Jerry Oliver. In the 26th position, car number 91 from Lancaster, California, 72 Chevrolet, Johnny Anderson. In the 25th position, car number three from Hayward, California, 70 Chevelle, John Sears. John Soares, that's not big John Sears, but Johnny Soares, California driver in that 25th position. Riding 24th on the field, car number 75 from Modesto, California, 72 Chevelle for Paul Doherty. In the 23rd position from Concord, North Carolina, 69 Ford, car number 8, Ed McGree. In the 22nd position, car number 27, as the engines continue to percolate on pit road from Portland, Oregon, in a 70 Plymouth, Chuck Bone. In the 21st position, Don Noel of Northridge, California, a 71 Dodge, number 89. In the 20th position, newly named Grand National Rookie Driver of the Year from Houston, Texas, Walter Ballard in car number 30, a 71 Ford. Then in the 19th position, former West Coast Champion in car number 7 from Modesto in a Dodge, Jack McCoy. In the 18th position, number 79 from Van Nuys, California, 79 Dodge for Jimmy and Solo. In the 17th starting position from 
Golden Valley, Minnesota, Dodge number 18, Joe Frasad. Now, he has been sick for three days, and we will see relief in that car by George Palmer, and we anticipate that will come very early in the event. In the 16th starting position, the leader of the Alabama gang from Hewittown, Alabama, in the Coca-Cola, Chevrolet, Bobby Allison, number 12. 15 starting position from San Diego, California, 71 Ford, number 42, the boy who wrapped one up and really did a job at Daytona last year on the west wall. Larry Esso is ready to run here today at Riverside, California. 14th position, the double zero from Bakersfield, California, 72 Chevelle for Frank James. Then the 13th starting position from Horseshoe, North Carolina, a 1971 Mercury, and the first time this car has seen the light of day for Cecil Flash Gordon. In the 12th position, car number 32, the seventh place finisher in this event one year ago from Manhattan Beach, California, 72 Plymouth, Kevin Terrace. In the 11th starting position, longtime veteran Grand National campaigner Elmo Langley as the field begins to move out. They're rolling down pit road and we're preparing for the start of the 10th annual Winston Western 500 at Riverside. Langley, number 64 of Charlotte, North Carolina, will be starting in the 11th position. Riding 10th in the field, number 48, a bridesmaid on a couple of occasions in the Grand National Point standings, hoping that 72 will be his year. From Inman, South Carolina, in a 69 Ford, James Hilton. In the ninth starting position, the holder of the land speed record for the fastest stock car in the world set at Bonneville just a few months ago, the famous K&K Dodge, and from Catawba, North Carolina, Bobby Isaac in car number 71. In the eighth starting position, car number 72, from Ellerby, North Carolina, Benny Parsons in a 71 Ford. In the seventh starting position, car number 39, sixth place finisher in the Grand National standings last year in a Chevrolet out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Friday Hessler. The sixth starting position, car number 04 from Bridal Vale, Oregon, the winner of the Permatex 200 here yesterday, Herschel McGriff is strapped into that car and ready to do battle. In the fifth starting position, a real surprise from Portland, Oregon, Dick Bone pulled it off in a 72 Plymouth, number 02. Then in the fourth position, cinched up and ready to fight in car number 96, last year's winner of this event from Carruthers, California, the flying farmer Ray Elder. In the second starting position, or rather third starting position, outside, inside of the second row will be car number 16, the first time he has ever seen battle in a stock car race. From Media, Pennsylvania, Mark Donahue and the Roger Penske prepared car, along with Eddie Fagan and Dick Hutchison doing so much on that American Motors Matador. In the second starting position, car number 43, three-time Grand National Champion of NASCAR in the STP Plymouth from Randleman, North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Petty. And on the pole, the Wood Brothers Mercury Automobile, the same car they campaigned a year ago, car number 21, A.J. Boyd of Houston, Texas, in a 71 Mercury. Again, if you hadn't heard the news before, Richard Petty carries the STP banner for the National Championship in Stock Car Racing 1972. Big surprise change, and everyone in NASCAR is delighted. They feel that out of this will come a lot more major sponsorship for many of the independents, guys like Benny Parsons and Cecil Gordon by 1973. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Crash in your hand. 
Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Let's go now as the field moves up into turns two and three to Barney Hall. Again, the field is bunching up real nicely. They're anxious to race. You can tell by the way they're handling these cars as they come through here. An exciting day here at Riverside, the most competitive field of cars ever assembled, the most colorful field of cars we've ever seen on any speedway, and they'll be getting that green flag when they come back to you. Let's go back to radio control. The field wandering up now into the area of Fritz Duda. We have A.J. Floyd on the pole here as he comes by in his bright Mercury, Richard Petty and the Petty Blue Plymouth right next to him. Those are the two front runners. Right behind them, Mark Donahue and Ray Elder as they snake their way up through these S's and they come around down this short little straightaway. The pace car right now just turning turn number eight. Behind that pace car, it's A.J. Foyt, Richard Petty, Mark Donahue, and Ray Elder as they go down that back straightaway. And Larry Huffman from the Champion Bridge can pick them up shortly. Well, it'll be a second or two before they come out of the fog. The, uh, the upper end up there around turn eight where Fritz Duda is looking is uh, completely engulfed by fog and so is the other end going into turn number nine. So we're sitting here atop the Champion Bridge, spanning the, uh, the long back straightaway. We see the pace cars now coming out of the fog. People lining both fences as far as the eye can see. A big crowd here at Riverside today. They brought out the smudge pots, a little chilly, but uh, the fog seems to be lifting perhaps a little bit. Here they come now, down in front in perfect alignment. Right in front is Foyt and Petty. Behind them, Donahue in the red, white, and blue of Matador. And next to him, Ray Elder of Carruthers, the racing farmer, going under the bridge. You can hear him going pretty slow and heading now down into turn number nine around the long turn and then back in front of the tower. Apparently coming up on a start. They counted the first lap out of the pits as one full time and we'll be getting a start as they come out of turn number nine. A.J. Foyt, who sat on the pole, uh, whether won the race back in 1970 and sat on the pole in 1969 on the pole with the Wood Brothers Mercury Automobile, that beautiful maroon, white, and gold car. We wait for it to come out of the fog, out of turn number nine, and here it comes. Field coming down, and I think Pete Keller is going to be dropping a flag very shortly. Send them on their way. Let's see now. Pace car has come in, and the green is on. Dive into turn number one. A.J. Foyt inches in front of Richard Petty. Moving down now, here's Petty dropping to the inside. Petty takes the lead, and here comes Foyt. Petty's off on the dirt momentarily. Foyt grabs the lead. Donahue moves into second position. Petty rides third, Railder rides fourth as they head for turn six. They're coming out of this fog as they come up here. In first place is A.J. Foyt, followed by Mark Donahue, followed by Richard Petty and Ray Elder. As they come around turn number seven, it's Foyt in the lead. Foyt, Donahue right back to him. Ray Elder started getting a little trouble. He's straightened it out now as they go into turn number eight. In that order, it's A.J. Foyt, Richard Petty, Mark Donahue, and Ray Elder as they go down the back straightaway, and this field snakes up here very nicely. No problems on this first lap at Riverside. Looking for him coming out of the uh, fog at the end of this long straightaway. And still, here they come. Now, out of it, uh, one car, it looks like Foyt coming out, going over toward the corner. Now, it looks like Donahue coming out, uh, attempting to pass Petty. He can't do it. It's still Foyt in the lead. A.J. Foyt, then Petty, then Mark Donahue, then uh, Ray Elder. Donahue is right on Petty's tail, going down into turn number nine. Donahue going into turn number nine, screams for the inside and tries to move under A.J. Foyt. Foyt closes the door in turn nine. They wheel around to complete the first lap on this 2.62-mile course, and it's a wheel-to-wheel -wheel battle between the American Motors Matador and the Mercury of 
A.J. Foyt. Here they come to complete lap number one. The crowd on their feet. It is Foyt in front, Donahue in second, Petty in third, Elder in fourth, Herschel McGriff is running in fifth, and here moving up quickly, going around Bobby Isaac, is Bobby Allison. He's moved in the eighth place already, Ken. Passing four cars, and there goes David Pearson knocking off automobiles in a hurry. And he moves up 15 positions. David Pearson moving up 15 positions in the first lap. We have him here at turn number six. As A.J. Foyt comes around six, followed by Petty, followed by Donahue, Ray Elder, Herschel McGriff, and Dick Bone as they come around in that order. Herschel McGriff out onto the dirt as he comes around turn number six. We're back on the track with no difficulty. And as they go into eight, it's Mark Donahue trying to make a move in that back straightaway. He comes right up. Right on top of Petty, he does not get by him. As they go down the back straightaway, the fog starts to clear. A.J. Foyt lengthens that leads, lengthens his lead to about five, six cars as they go down to the Champion Bridge. All right, uh, coming out of the fog now, we're picking up A.J. Foyt, number 21 on the 71 Mercury. He's out in front, and right behind him is the uh, 43 car of Richard Petty and Mark Donahue. And it's one, two, three right there. Uh, check your check that. Donahue is in number four, in fourth position, going into turn number nine. The battle continuing. It's a tight one among the front four, front five cars as that Bridalville Aragon runner, Herschel McGriff, stays right in there in battles in 0-2. Dick Bone is running in sixth position as they come around to complete lap number two, 5.2 tenths miles. As they come by, Foyt in front. Now into second. It is Petty, and Petty goes for the lead as they complete two laps. Richard Petty takes the lead away from Foyt. Holding on to third is Donahue. Moving down into turn number two now. That battle is really tremendous for the lead. Petty has it momentarily. Foyt rides on his bumper. Then comes Donahue. A three-way battle for the lead. As they move up into turn six, Richard Petty pulls away about three, maybe four car lengths now. Petty has the lead as they come into turn number six, followed by Foyt. Very close after him, it's Mark Donahue. Petty comes to the inside. Foyt goes to the outside. He gets on the dirt, and they kick it up here as they go around turn number six. Donahue right on the tail of A.J. Foyt as they go down this short straightaway. But Richard Petty is really on it as he goes around turn number eight. He's now opened up about a four or five car lead with Donahue about two cars behind A.J. Foyt as they go down the back straightaway. Now Foyt makes his move, and Donahue loses ground as they go down the back straightaway to A.J. Foyt. So it's Richard Petty in the lead. A.J. Foyt and Mark Donahue followed by Ray Elder down that back straightaway here at Riverside. I believe we have a change uh, neck and neck. It is uh, number 21, Foyt going back in the lead. Check that. Foyt and Petty are battling. Petty goes into the lead going into turn number nine. Neck and neck down this back straightaway. The battle continuing here at Riverside International Raceway. Moving up all the time is Allison. He's pulled up in the sixth position and continues to blaze away. A tremendous battle being waged with Petty's Plymouth out in front. A.J. Foyt's Mercury in second. Running third, the American Motors Matador with Mark Donahue. Running fourth is the Dodge of Ray Elder. And running fifth, the Plymouth of Herschel McGriff. And coming up to sixth place in two laps was Bobby Allison. There's where he's resting right now. Allison, the Chevrolet, and now pulling up into fourth is the latest report from on the course. Remember, Allison started fourth. 14th or 16th and qualified fastest. Here they come to complete lap number four. Meanwhile, running in the seventh position is Bone. Have a change of leadership. Petty out in front as they come by. Richard Petty in front. Donahue into second. And A.J. Foyt drops into third. Running eighth on the field is Benny Parsons. Number 72. Running ninth is Bobby Isaac. Tenth is Friday Hessler. Eleventh is James Hilton. Running twelfth is Kevin Terrace. And in the thirteenth position, number 15, David Pearson showing some smoke with Elmo Langley running fourteenth to Barney Hall. Ken, I was just watching George Fulmer in the car number 18, the normal car of Joe Frisson. He's been having a lot of trouble through these S's. I don't know if the car's not handling well or what, but he's been off on the dirt a couple of times. He was moving up real well. He must have some handling problems. Pearson continues to smoke as he passes through turn two and on into the S's. 
and it looks like Dave may not be in the race too much longer. He's really pouring the smoke as he heads for Fritz Duda. We have him right in front of us, Barney, and Pearson has had his problems coming up here. Lots of white smoke coming out, but the big news again is Bobby Allison. Allison is now past Ray Elder, and it's Mark Donahue, A.J. Foyt, Richard Petty, and Bobby Allison with Elder running fifth now. Uh, check this, coming right into the towers, uh, Donahue and uh, number 16, Mark Donahue is in the lead, holding on to the lead and going into turn number uh, number nine. Into turn number nine, and then they continue to switch the lead between three manufacturer makes here at Riverside, California in the 10th annual Winston Western 500. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Allison battling with Petty and Mark Donahue on new name in stock car racing will make the super speedway coverage comes fighting out of the fog and it's four cars dicing and Allison has moved into third out in front goes A.J. Foyt Petty is in second at the present time Bobby Allison in the third as they move to Barney Hall Foyt swings wide to the outside cutting this turn real sharp and now Allison who has done a tremendous job to move the Chevrolet automobile into second position Richard Petty rides third then comes Donahue in fourth position then Ray Elder riding at fifth position as they head for turn six A.J. Foyt now out in front Bobby Allison right behind him Richard Petty and Mark Donahue in that order as they come up here Foyt goes to the inside in his red and white Mercury. Bobby Allison right behind him. Petty starts to slide in turn number six, but he controls it. Mark Donahue right behind him as they go down into turn number six. The rest of the field coming up here, we're looking for David Pearson. Pearson not here yet, still smoking. David Pearson now coming up in car number 15. Lots of white smoke. David running very slowly as the rest of the pack is down back in the back straightaway. Uh, stretching out quite a bit now as this race gets underway. And coming out of the fog, fog possibly lifting, maybe just about staying the same. Here comes your leaders. There's a change coming on. Out in front is number 21. 43 back there behind him. Going into turn number nine. A long sweeping turn as, this, as the pack gets straight, uh, stretched out quite a bit into the long sweeping turn number nine. Around they come as they will have completed six laps, 15.72 miles of the 500-mile course. And the front is a battle. It is a tremendous war across the line as they weave their way through lap cars in heavy fog here at Riverside, California. Leader becomes Allison. Bobby Allison goes out in front after starting 16th. It's Boyd in second, Petty in third, Donahue is fourth, Elder is running fifth, Herschel McGriff runs in sixth, seventh is Dick Vaughn, eighth now is Bobby Isaac, running ninth on the field is Benny Parsons with a tenth position, Friday Hessler, and 11th position, James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina. Those are the front 11 as we've completed 15 and 7 tenths miles. First pit stop. 
Car number 18, Joe Frisson, who has been sick for several days, came out here and turned just seven laps, got out, and George Fulmer is now in the automobile. There is no change of rubber. Some adjustments as they cinch up George Fulmer in car number 18 to get back into action. And he could be a sleeper in this race because he's driven some very good stock car races. He won a Permatex 200-mile Lake Model Sportsman race at Ontario, California back in March of this year. And now he hauls the big Dodge from Golden Valley, Minnesota, onto the speedway. Marvin Patch. It took him 36 seconds to change drivers. George Fulmer now driving car number 18, and we're showing seven laps complete, 18.34 miles down here in the Winston Western 500. Fog conditions prevailing, but a fantastic race is being waged at the present time, with Bobby Allison starting in 16th and whipping that Chevrolet prepared by Junior Johnson, Herb Knapp, and the boys over in Ronda, North Carolina, all the way into the lead. The leaders are about to spew out of turn number nine and come across the line to complete what will be their eighth lap of competition. When they come by this time, they will have traveled 20.96 miles. The race held up temporarily because of the fog conditions here this morning, but it's underway now, and everybody is still in competition. All 40 drivers are off. Here comes the leader with about a half-second advantage over second place, A.J. Foyt. Petty runs in third, and Donahue is right on his bumper in fourth. Then a half-second back of them in fifth is car number 96, and that is Ray Elder, last year's winner. Then comes Herschel McGriff and the rest of the field. Bobby Isaac putting the lap on Edna Gree as they come by this time. Benny Parsons screaming by. He's currently running in the front ten. He had engine trouble, blew an engine out here, not even in practice, just warming up in the garage area the other day. We'll tell you more about that a little later in today's broadcast of the Winston Western 500. Let's go to Fritz Duda. We have Bobby Allison just coming around turn number six. Petty now goes to the inside, followed by Donahue right behind A.J. Foyt as they're in traffic now for this first time, seven, eight short laps. Bobby Allison, Mark Donahue, Richard Petty, all of the leaders now back up into traffic here in turn number six. The field coming up here very nicely. Actually, today we've had very, very few incidents up here in turn number six in the S's. We usually see some spins. David Pearson again goes in front of us, smoking very badly as he comes through here. David just kind of stroking it around, not really hard on it. He has some equipment problems. Down the long back straightaway, it is Allison uh, firmly in the lead. Behind him, number 21, A.J. Foyt, going into the long turn, number nine, the sweeping turn. Field coming around to complete now nine laps, 23 miles. One of the big stories, 1972's NASCAR Grand National Racing. The number of drivers will be running for the national championship. It used to be just a pair of them. Here comes Allison, lapping another automobile and trying to stay well in front of A.J. Foyt. Mark Donahue comes by, and there's a little bit of a spread developing in the front of the field as they come around. Herschel McGriff is pulling up. McGriff made a masterful race out of the Permatex 200 yesterday and won handily over the rest of the field. And right now, he's running in the car that Pete Hamilton drove to victory in the 1970 Daytona 500. It's a car he ran a year ago on most of the super speedway events in which he participated, and he's back here today driving that same automobile. A lot of smoke coming out from underneath Bud Moore's car. We've now completed 11 laps officially, 28.8 two miles are in the record book and let's talk to one of the West's all-time great drivers and that is Marvin Panch. I was just sitting here wondering what those drivers are thinking coming down that back stretch because I know they can't see too far far in advance and I have to admit Bobby Allison uh, has done a marvelous job starting back where he did and as you know they go up through the S's here before you can break out into that back straightaway so naturally he was hung up in traffic for uh, quite a while up through the S's and to come up and do like he's doing right now this is tremendous 
So, uh, Ken, this is, uh, I've been to all the uh, Riverside races, and this is the most competitive, the best start of any race I've ever seen here at Riverside. Coming around to complete 13 laps this time, and the battle is up in front. Mercury against Chevrolet here in Riverside, California, as the Alabama gang meets the Texan. It's Bobby Allison in front, and right behind him, A.J. Ford in the Purolator Mercury as they blister down into turn number two. That battle continues as they come into turn number two, Ken. They're running up on some of the slower cars. Allison pulls away and Foyt bobbles just momentarily, gets a little bit to the outside as Allison moves about maybe five, six car lengths. If you make a bad maneuver here in the S's, you can lose a lot of time, and that's exactly what happened right now as they head for you, Fritz Duda. We won't see much passing in those S's today, Barney, but Bobby Allison comes up here and A.J. Foyt down a little more traffic behind car number 42. Foyt now out of it. Bobby Allison way up in front now. Links his lead down this short straightaway. Richard Petty now probably, oh, 50 yards behind. And another 50 yards behind Petty comes Mark Donahue. Donahue, of course, a premier road racer driving this course, and it's a tribute to the NASCAR drivers, the way they're handling this course through the S's. Donahue in a very fast Matador, still back in fourth place, way back behind our leader now, Bobby Allison. Allison now going down that back straightaway. Whoops! We have a car out of control here. Car number 72, Betty Parsons, goes completely through the infield, sideways, over across the track, into this this wall here just out of turn number six this used to be a boilerplate wall they have changed the wall here and they put in a a water pack with a false wall on the outside unfortunately parsons did not hit that water pole uh water uh part of the wall with the water pack in it he's passed the water pack false wall in head-on he hit backwards first luckily turned around hit the front of the car appears to be all right we have the crew's out here. He he just shortcutted this turn number six. As he came in here, he lost it coming into the turn. Rather than to try to go to the outside, he went to the inside. He shortcutted the turn and went straight ahead, whooped it around, went backwards into the wall. Benny Parsons now getting out of his car, waving to the fans. He's all right. No problems. Benny out of the car. We do have that car really cracked up up here, though. The back of it, the back left is shoved in. The trunk lid is up. The left front of the car. The tire is about sideways as it's in this wall up here in turn number six. The yellow flag is out. We anticipate uh, Ken Squire that we will have a yellow condition at least up here in turn number six because this car is blocking the outside of the turn. It is only yellow in turn six. The remainder of the course stays under green, as happens in sports car racing or road racing, more properly put. Car number four, Dick Kranzler, has fitted his car, and car number 16 has been in for some time. That is the American Motors Matador car. Let's see what they're doing out there. Is that the first change of pads, or what's happening? It's a considerable length of time. We'll have a report from Jerry Smith in just a moment on what's going on with... Mark Donahue's ride in the Riverside 500 today. From Riverside International Raceway, this is the Motor Racing Network. At Riverside, California, the Winston Western 500 10th Annual has Bobby Allison in the front, working the 26th lap of competition with A.J. Foyt second, Richard Petty third, Marvin Pan. Uh, for the California fans, uh, Jack McCoy, a real front runner out here in the West Coast, has had a long pit stop behind the wall. A.J. Foyt has just been passed by Richard Petty as they cross the line and move into lap number 26. 65 miles are down. Let's go to Barney Hall. 
Bobby Allison is flat getting it done here at Riverside, Ken. He's been passing in these S's like you wouldn't believe. He must have this car just handling great because he pulled away from Ford and is continuing to pull away from the field. Allison trying to run off and hide from the field in that Chevrolet. Let's go back to radio control. So Allison in front, Petty in second, Foyt now third. Herschel McGriff is running in the fourth position. Dick Bone is running fifth. Ray Elder sixth. Elmo Langley seventh. Bobby Isaac eighth. Friday Hessler ninth. And James Hilton is running tenth. We may have an update coming, and we do at the end of 25 laps, showing Allison in front, then Petty, then Foyt, then the number 04, Herschel McGriff, followed by Dick Bone of Portland, Oregon. Those boys from up on the south, or rather northwestern part of the country are really doing well in NASCAR. Dick Kranzler's car is in the pits for the third time at the present time, running the sixth position. Car number 96, Ray Elder, then running seventh is Elmo Langley, eighth, Bobby Isaac, ninth, Friday Hessler, and the tenth position is shown as David Pearson. Pearson and car number 15, the Bud Moore car, running in the front ten with 25 complete. Sad moment of the pits as the hook brings back car number 72. Up on the record, Benny Parsons' car after smearing turn number six with that beautiful automobile. Car number 89, ready to roll out of the pits once again. That car has been in on a number of occasions thus far in the race. Continues to get some service work done here at the 26th lap. Number four has also come back in. Dick Kranzler's car is smo smoking, steaming. I don't mean to put it in the wrong place. It is steaming, and they're adding the water to it. The hose crew is out there putting the water through the radiator as well as in it. Richard Petty's car is showing some smoke as he goes down by Barney Hall. Betty was puffing a little smoke a moment ago through here, Kent. I couldn't tell if it was tire smoke or what. He seems to be having some handling problems. He's just on the dirt. He's still hanging on the bumper of Ford and running real strong, however. But that smoke was coming out just a moment ago. We'll keep a check on him to see if it is tire smoke or possibly some mechanical problems. Back to radio control. Let's move up to Fritz Duda. We have him here as he comes into number six. We get a little puff of smoke as he backs off and downshifts coming into number six. But as he accelerates, we see no smoke at all. He's keeping up with Petty going down that back straightaway. Uh, incidentally, David Pearson still smoking, but Seal still apparently running pretty good around here. Pearson uh, smoked early in the race. He smoked all uh, every lap we've seen him coming around. He's had a lot of white smoke coming out, but he's running pretty good, Ken. A pit report upcoming from Jerry Smith. I've got Joe Frazan in the pits right now. Joe had to retire from the race for illness. He was planning on a co-drive effort in this race in any event. But, Joe, how are you feeling? Well, I feel pretty weak right now. Like you know, I've been down most of the week in bed with the flu and strep throat. Uh, I thought I could do the job today, but I just was too weak and couldn't handle it. This road racing circuit is a great demand, especially when you're not feeling good. Yes, it is. If I'd have been up to myself, it would have probably been a lot different story. How did you manage to come up with this particular co-driver for the race? Well, I've been down, uh, like I said, sick in bed most of the week, and we had to get somebody in the car, uh, so George was recommended to me, and uh, I'm real pleased with the job he's doing. George Palmer of Pine Road Racer. We might also add before we leave the pits that Neil Castle has been in for a long time. He's having trouble with steerage linkage. They are trying to repair the car. They hope to have it out shortly. Let's go back to the tower. Jack McCoy was in for some time. He, too, has returned to the race. There's a tremendous battle being waged between Friday Hessler and David Pearson for 10th position. They're running bumper to bumper at the present time all around the racetrack. Marvin Pants. The smoke that everybody was concerned about on a petty car, from here it looks like tire. You can see a uh, dent in his left rear quarter panel, so I'm pretty sure that the quarter panel is rubbing against the tire when he goes through the S's. 
They're working the 30th lap. When they come by, they will have completed 78.6 miles of the Western Winston 500 coming to you from Riverside, California. On pit road at the present time, David Boggs, Morrisville, North Carolina. His car is being serviced. Ray Elder is out here. He's carrying a major sponsor for the first time into this race. One of the beer companies has sponsored Ray's car. He won the race a year ago, and it put him on the way to becoming the first driver to ever win the Western Grand National title three times in a row. Here comes David Pearson by, and this time he is in front of car number 39, Friday Hessler, as they move toward Barney Hall. That battle has been going on all afternoon, Ken. In fact, all the way around the speedway, anywhere you look, there are tremendous battles going on for track position right now. Put the clock just a moment ago between the leaders, and there is an eight-second separation as they came through the S's the last lap between Bobby Allison and A.J. Foyt. As Allison continues to pull away, it's just unbelievable the piece of driving that Bobby is doing in the Chevrolet. So it looks like if the rest of the season is going to be anything like this, the combination of Junior Johnson and Bobby Allison is really going to click on the Grand National Circuit. Back to radio control. Tremendous race for second place between Allison and A, or rather Petty, and A.J. Foyt. Let's go to Fritz Duda. We have A.J. Foyt coming up here now. He's leading Petty by maybe two car lengths as they come around turn number six. Foyt goes to the inside, kicks up a little dirt as Petty comes right behind him. They go down this short straightaway. No traffic at all as Foyt has the lead. Petty right behind him. As they go into turn number eight, Foyt around. Now Petty around. Two car lengths, maybe three car lengths as they go down the back straightaway. Foyt pulls him coming out of turn number eight. Now lengthens that lead for second place by about five car lengths. Richard Petty about five car lengths behind A.J. Foyt. Back to radio control. Bobby Allison out in front by about nine seconds over that second place battle, which is a beauty. Bobby Allison won here in June. It was part of his five in a row. Remember, he won here. He won at Michigan. He won at Houston, Texas on the way home. And right now, he's trying to get the 1972 season off on the right foot by winning this, the initial big test of the year. Next one comes at Daytona. Here's Allison in a Chevrolet across the line with the advantage over the second and third place runners, Foyt and Petty. Bobby Allison coming by, completing 38 laps of competition in front, and here comes A.J. Foyt, followed by Petty as they close in. Let's see what the separation is. We're showing he picked up a little there, got his foot back in it and picked up some time. Meanwhile, picked up about half a second. There's a real scrap developing between David Pearson and Bobby Isaac. Isaac is in seventh place, and just half a second behind him is David Pearson, and he is on the move. A.J. Foyt continues to run in second place. He's run here before. Riverside is not one of his favorite courses. As you recall, he had a very bad accident here. We asked A.J. if Riverside was tougher on the driver or the car. Also very rough on equipment, so I'd just say a 50-50. Does it worry on the arms? Well, yes, it does. You're shifting off a lot in your legs and everything else. You're constantly moving in the car, and you're just working all day long. Marvin? Uh, probably the reason for the separation closing and then spreading, Ken, as you know, they have a long ways down through these S's, and if they run up, the, the fast cars run up behind some of the slower cars, and they do not see them and do not move out of the way immediately, this could uh, make a big difference. This could make a second and second and a half or even two seconds difference. So uh, one lap, the leader will run up behind a slower car and get held up, and the next time uh, around, Foyt in second place runs into the same problem. Let's follow around the course the battle between Pearson and Isaac. 
They're just moving down by, and it looks like, it looks like Isaac is into slower cars, and Pearson's ready to challenge Barney Hall. Pearson is moving around right now, Neil Castle's automobile. Neil moves over, gives him plenty of room. There's very little separation between the two cars. David seems to be getting stronger all afternoon, even though the smoke continues to pour from the car, particularly when he downshifts coming through these S's. But that battle is continuing right in front of you, Fritz Duda. David Pearson has passed Bobby Isaac now. Pearson in the 72 Torino now in front of Isaacs as he goes into turn number eight. Pearson's still smoking, but apparently uh, no much the worse for wear as he goes around turn number eight. Uh, as I say that, A.J. Boyd comes in front of us. Richard Petty right behind him, maybe seven, eight car lengths separating the second and third place uh, leaders in this race. They're working the 40th lap. When they come by, they'll complete 104 miles. Let's go out to the champion bridge here and get a report from Larry Huffman. Uh, Allison is not having any problem in the speed department because in this long back straightaway, he is flat getting it on. And uh, Boyd and Petty are staying right there in two and three and dicing it up on this long back straightaway. But Allison uh, may be having problems with the handling going through the S's, but he is not having any horsepower problem with that 427 Chevy. He is coming on very strong down this long back straightaway. Side by side, it's Isaac once again against David Pearson as these two grand campaigners of the Grand National Circuit fight it out for seventh place. 40 laps complete in the Winston Western 500 from Riverside, California. Lead automobile still shows the colors. Uh, Bobby Allison. Here's your rundown. Coming up for 40 laps through 10th position. It's Allison in front, Foyt in second, Petty in third, and Dick Bone in that car number 02 from Portland, Oregon, a 72 Plymouth running in fourth. Fifth is Herschel McGriff. The sixth place runner, Ray Elder. Seventh, David Pearson. Eighth, Bobby Isaac. Ninth is Brody Hessler. And tenth is Almo Langley. That's the front ten. Almo Langley, formerly out of Landover, Maryland, now from Charlotte, North Carolina, in car number 64. And that's the only green car out here. Green is an unlucky color with stock car fans. And he is running the color green, has for a couple of seasons. Running pretty well right now. Marvin? Uh, A.J. Foyt is definitely closing on Bobby. Uh, He's down to seven and a half seconds now, and we just got a call from Earl Brooks. Uh, he just called, and uh, he just got out of the hospital, and he's li listening to the broadcast back there in Virginia. So, Earl, I didn't even know you were in the hospital, and we really appreciate you calling. Very fine runner up Lynchburg way. Nice to, nice to know you're with us, Earl. Even if you're not here, I tell you, somebody else we're missing of the regulars, and that's Jabe Thomas. I don't know where he is today, but things aren't the same. Nobody has pulled any tricks all week. It's an awfully dull pit without Jabe Thomas around. Let's see, we're up to 41 or 42. We're showing 41 laps complete, 107.42 miles are down in the Winston Western 500, and the pace has dropped approximately, and I say approximately because there's some work going on behind the, the wall. Eight cars out of competition. We'll have a rundown on the attrition rate for you shortly. The Winston Western 500 coming to you on the Motor Racing Network from Riverside, California, where Bobby Allison, after starting 16th, has blasted and belted his way up into the lead and refuses to give it up, although the challenge is on. Houston, Texas giant A.J. Foyt in the Wood Brothers Mercury is putting in some real hot laps, and he's closing the ground. It was as much as 11 and a half seconds separation between first and second. That's been whittled down to seven and a half seconds, and A.J. has his sight sets, and he's a very determined person as any race driver who's ever run against him can tell you. It's Allison in front, A.J. in second, and running third, Richard Petty, three of the all-time giants of American automobile racing here at Riverside, California, in the initial contest of 1972. A real 
great race thus far in the going. It's one of two road races, the other one to be held in June, right back here in California at Riverside. And the fans have turned out today and were delayed in seeing the start by better than an hour after fog conditions set in last night and prevailed really heavily this morning. In fact, they have for three or four days, but nothing like this morning. They have got it on now, and they're seeing one tremendous race. Here is Allison ready to overlap the eighth-place car, David Pearson, as they move into lap number 42. Marvin? Six-and-a-half second separation between first and second at this time. So continuing to move up is A.J. Foyt chasing down Bobby Allison. It's Chevrolet in the lead, Mercury in second, and Plymouth running in the third position at the present time. Back to the pits from Houston, Texas, Walter Ballard, the NASCAR Rookie of the Year in the Grand National Circuit for 1971. Ballard's car is again ready for service. Let's go to Jerry Smith. Ron Kessler, or Dick Kessler, excuse me, car number four of Simi Valley, California, just back out of the pits. He's been in three times now with broken fan belts, and that's a most unusual problem to break that many in one event. We've also got Jerry Oliver in the pits, car number six out of Concord, California, with a fuel pump problem. And car number 88, Ron Keselowski with steering troubles, has been in twice. He's back on the course and racing once again. Back to the tower. Friday Hetzler of Chattanooga, Tennessee is on pit road and he is taking on right side rubber, or rather left side rubber at the present time. That shows you how what a traditionalist I am. They run the wrong direction. I can't tell which side the car is. The driver's side is out toward the fans here at Riverside, California, and it's left side rubber for Friday Hetzler's car number 39 out of Chattanooga. 44 laps complete this time around. They will have completed 115.28 miles. Bobby Allison continuing to run strong here, but A.J. Foyt trying to overhaul him. Here they are in the same straightaway out of turn number nine and moving by. Let's go to Fritz Duda up in turn number six. We have them as they come up here. A.J. Foyt has flat left Richard Petty back here. Foyt now making his move on Bobby Allison. Allison has just gotten around David Pearson. Pearson smoking as usual as he comes through six here. Allison now in front of Pearson, followed by A.J. But the big news is that A.J. is really making a move, and Richard Petty is not by here. We do not see Petty. Whether he's in the pits or what the problem is, Petty has not yet come around turn number six. And we'll go back to you in radio control, Ken. Petty was in the pitch. Dale Inman and company, his cousin who runs the pit crew, had put Petty back on the track. And how well they did it, looked like about a 22-second stop. Johnny Anderson's car out of Lancaster, California, 72 Chevrolet, with the hood up, is now being pushed back behind the wall and apparently is going to the garage area, still being wheeled along by several people. Richard Petty has pitted. He has taken on left side rubber on his automobile and gone back to the race. The pit crew getting him back out. Here he is coming by, and they're having to pit under green now. Meanwhile, the battle up in front rages between first and second. Between, here's Jack McCoy, Modesto, California, back in the pits. The leader, Bobby Allison and A.J. Foyt. Remember, Allison won in June. A.J. won this race in 1970 on this course. And he's been around before. Back in 1969, he placed second in this event. It wasn't too many years ago, 1965, that our co-announcer here today, a guy named Marvin Pants, ran this course to third place. Tricky little devil, isn't it? Here comes, a, here comes Bobby Allison in. Bobby Allison is about ready to pit. Allison is on, pit road, and the clock's ready to tick off this stop. 
Remember, this is a combination crew. Chuck Looney is with him from his old crew, and all the rest are a new team for him. And Jackman for the job is Junior Johnson himself, the last American hero. Props up number 12. Looks like he could do it with one hand and helps change the left front tire as the rest of that crew, Herb Nab and Turkey Minton and company, go to work. Chuck Looney working his gas man, and they are underway. Quick stop, two tires and fuel. Marvin, what do they do it in? 20 seconds. Ray Elders was in and out. The Hirsch McGriff is in. He's still in. Well, there it was here at Riverside, California. Two tires and 20 gallons of gas in 20 seconds. Ray Elder was in. It took him 36 seconds to do the same job. And this crew really getting it together. A.J. and Allison are about to get together once again here in the Western Winston 500. It's Allison just in front of A.J. Foyt as they hustle up to Fritz Duda. We have him here. Allison now uh, coming up through the S's. He's in a little traffic behind a slower car. He goes to the outside and passes him as he comes up through uh, turn number six. Bobby Allison lengthening. A.J. Foyt now behind two cars as they come up here through traffic. Allison comes around very nicely. Ray Elder now running right in front of A.J. A.J. trying to get around an Elder as he goes to the outside. A.J. now takes Elder as they go down this short straightaway. Elder now comes to the inside and A.J. Dice is right in front of Ray Elder around turn number eight. Bobby Allison with about a three second lead as A.J. goes down that back straightaway. Allison in the lead as he goes down towards the champion bridge, Ken. A.J. Foyt trying to climb back in there, but that Chevy has been going. They said they could go even faster than they did in qualifying. And remember, although he started 16th, fastest car on the second day of qualifying, he still felt that he could go considerably quicker. Didn't think that was the top speed of the automobile. And right now he's in front, and A.J.'s trying to overhaul him. 49 laps, 128 miles about to come down. We asked Bobby Allison what the toughest part of this track was. Well, actually, the place I have the most trouble probably is uh, back shifting and braking for turn six. You know, you're going real fast up through the X. This is, I would say, around 130 miles an hour. And um, you've got a, a series of severe switchbacks right there at the end. And uh, you're doing a lot of turning and a lot of braking and shifting. And it seems like you need about one more hand and one more foot. <laughs> Fireman fans. <laughs> Very good. Uh, there's two and a half sep uh, second separation between the two. And this is something you might not believe, Ken. They still remember me up here, believe it or not. An old pit man of mine and chief mechanic, uh, Louis Delight from Gardena, is listening in on the radio. And he wanted to let us know it's coming in real good over here in Gardena. So evidently the fog's not hurting the reception. And here comes Jack McCoy back in the pits. Tell me to tell him how gray your hair's good. <laughs> Ken, that horse of a grip car you asked about a little bit earlier, the hole the head was unofficial. The nip pack wrench had stuck on the car. They had difficulty getting two lug nuts back on. We also have word that Larry Esau of San Diego in car number 42 has pulled it behind the wall, is working on it. Car number six we had in the pits a while ago. Uh, this is Jerry Oliver out of Concord, California. Had a distributor replaced. He's just back behind the pit wall once again. Back to the tower. Both Chuck Bone and Dick Bone, cars numbers 02 and 72 respectively, are still very much in this race. Chuck Bone just coming back on the course. The 02, uh, Dick Bone, who I believe is the father, the elder of the two, is doing just a great job out here today. He's back getting ready to pit. Here's uh, Cecil Gordon coming in and Bobby Isaac pitting. Bobby Isaac, who is back in eighth position, brings his automobile onto pit road. And the K&K &K crew, Harry Hyde and company, they go to work on that one. Buddy Parrott, and I think he is working as gas man today. It's his left side rubber and fuel now being taken for Bobby Isaac, the 1970 Grand National Champion and a tremendous charger from Catawba, North Carolina. 
There's a big question uh, as to whether or not they are going to run for the national championship this year. We had a chance to talk with Harry Hyde about that, and we'll bring you up to date on how Harry felt about the possibilities of Bobby Isaac going again in a few moments. 28 and a half seconds on that stop. That was a little longer than it should have been. We asked Hyde about the possibilities of Bobby Isaac and the K&K Dodge going all out to win the U.S. National Stock Car Crown in 1972. Physical condition, we just hope we got the car in as good a condition as he's in. He'll be smooth, and uh, we probably won't be quite as aggressive as uh, some of the racers, but we're hoping to be smooth enough to last for 500 miles. In other words, you won't be as aggressive as Bobby Isaac usually is. No, not here, because we figure we're out of our uh, schoolroom here, because we're just not road race uh, people. Uh, we have never had the experiences some of them have, and and we're not uh, we're not going to have the real Bobby Isaac uh, showing off here, because we don't know enough about it. But he did say, he went on to say, that within 60 days, they'd make the decision if they would run the entire circuit. That means that come Atlanta, Georgia, and Atlanta would be the key race as to whether or not they will go all out to take the national crown again, and that's cars they did two years ago. The dean of American Racing Broadcasters and the editor-publisher of the National Speed Sport News, Chris Economaki, is with us. Chris, it's a pretty good race for the kind of day we've got. A lot better race in the day, Ken. An interesting race, uh, both from the equipment standpoint and the men we have on the raceway. I think your projection about a, the American Motors effort in their initial try with that car was right on target. Well, it's unfortunate to see it go out so early. Uh, I haven't been down there to find out the specific reason, but it was interesting to note that it ran with the leaders until they got into traffic, and they thought that the disc brakes would uh, make them get through traffic uh, with the leaders, but it turned out, as I see it, that the small engine, when he had to slow down for traffic, he couldn't get it up to his revs to stay with the bigger engines, and they would pull away from him. And that may be a problem in, uh, in continuing races this year for a small engine car. One of those pieces that hadn't been sorted out in the rear end was what broke and put him out of competition. One of those things that you just don't get around to check on with all the things you do when you develop a new race car. So well, that's, un that's a, a surprise because Roger Penske is, has the reputation shot. of being perhaps one of the most thorough car owners in the business and just about everything is checked and double checked before it gets to the track when it's on a Penske car. Roger says it may have been a shock, but it was back there, one of those, one of those kinds of situations. All right, let me ask you this, Chris Economaki of the National Speed Sport News. With five cars all up here as fast cars today of different makes, wouldn't you say that this is probably the bellwether year for NASCAR Grand National Competition? Well, for people who are interested in cars, it certainly is. You know, more than different makes, under the hoods are a variety of engines here. You know, A.J. Foyt's car is using the old Boss 429 Ford, which was called a boat anchor at the beginning of last season when the carburetor restrictions were announced and they've gone to wedge engines. But here, the Wood Brothers felt that with the long straightaway and a lot of S's, they could do better with that particular engine than the wedge and apparently it was a smart decision because he's on the track right now just a few feet behind Bobby Allison in the Chevy and we've got the little engine in the Matador and David Pearson's been running in the top 10 consistently with a 351 cubic inch Ford there's Ford, Ford 427 tunnel port Ford 427 medium riser engines in the field and 350 Chevys as well along with the 426 Chrysler Hemi and the 426 Chrysler wedge so for someone that's mechanically inclined and is interested in what's under the hood it's a great one as far as nascar competition is concerned with a 32 race schedule don't you feel that this will become the key circuit with 32 races enough oh, races so more people get to see them well there's no question about it. nascar now has expanded that schedule from the southeast uh, 
Yeah, we've got Foyt closing up on your, your leader, Bobby Allison. We have the races in Michigan and here, two in California. Uh, it's interesting to note that for this race, there were 96 cars entered and 79 showed up at the track for a 40-car race. So it is really an interesting circuit, both from a spectator standpoint, but from a participant standpoint as well. The editor-publisher of the National Speed Sport News, Chris Economaki. And now let's go to Fritz Duda. We have A.J. Foyt bumping Bobby Allison. Foyt actually bumped Allison coming into six. He tried to get by him. He gave him a little tap on the rear end. Allison now about a half a car length as they go into turn number eight. Allison now out of eight as Petty comes through six. Allison now in the back straightaway. Now Foyt right behind him. Foyt is telling Allison, I mean business, buddy. He's got on it down this back straightaway as they go down to the champion bridge. Jerry Oliver of Concord just pulled into the pits on this back straightaway, incidentally, number six. Jerry Oliver into the pits on the back straightaway. Okay, let's pick it up. Here comes uh, Bobby Allison, and right behind him, and oh, he is getting it on. Is number 21, A.J. Foyt. A little uh, color here. We have a bunch of Foyt fans standing off the side of the track, and a girl just jumped over the fence a few minutes ago as Foyt went by and jumped up and down to wave him on. And if it did anything, it did some good because Foyt is certainly closing in on Bobby Allison. The battle continues for the front-running position, a dandy, and here they come out of turn nine, out of this Trenton turn reverse. And here they are, almost nose-to-nose. -nose. It is Allison in front, then a two-car separation. A.J. Foyt runs in second as they scream down into turn number one. They move into turn number two, and it is still Allison holding that position with A.J. Foyt in second to Fritz Duda. We're waiting for him to come out of the fog up here, but A.J. Foyt really means business. Foyt not known here in Riverside to take it easy, and he's making his move now on Bobby Allison. Let's see what they do when they come up here to six. Now Allison in front, Foyt moves up on him, and he bumps him again! He bumps him, he bumps him into the infield. Now Foyt slows down. Foyt actually bumped him, knocked him. Foyt went into the infield. Foyt now behind him. Actually, A.J. took the brunt of that damage because A.J. now about 10 car lengths behind Bobby Allison. As they go down that back straightaway, Foyt slowing down a little bit, slowing down a little more. Now he's with it again. He's about, oh, 20, 25 car lengths as they go down the back straightaway. Back to radio control. The battle on, and they're tearing each other up, and it sounds like there may be a brake problem developing in that automobile. Marvin, what do you think? Well, that's possible, or it's possible the Foyt just doesn't go down and run into people, so I'd say maybe either a brake problem or he might have missed his gear going down through the S's. Dick Bone's car is reported as smoking. Dick Bone has run such a tremendous race and is running in fifth position. The Portland, Oregon campaigner in a 72 position at the present time of the 72 Plymouth is now showing some smoke. The battle up in front is Allison in first place, A.J. Foyt in second, Petty is third, and Ray Elder is into fourth. Bone is fifth, Herschel McGriff is sixth, and notice how well these West Coast campaigners are doing, Marvin Fanch. They're really in the thick of things today and trying to pull this one out. As far as manufacturer makes are concerned... Kenny Squires is going to take it to you from you at six here, car number 82. That's Ron Gauchi of Truckee in a 71 Ford, just pulled through this infield it's chaos up here another car hit gauchi as they came in up here dust all over we can't even see the cars for the dust let me get my thoughts together and i'll be right back to you the 55 lap rundown allison in front Foyt second petty third so it's chevrolet first mercury second plymouth third and dodge is running fourth with plymouth running fifth and sixth with herschel mcgriff Still waiting for a later report on Dick Bone. We'll be going back to Fritz Duda in just a moment. There's a separation of one second now between first and second place. As again, Bobby Allison dominates in the front, and A.J. Foyt tries to chase him down in the Winston Western 500 at Riverside International Raceway this afternoon. 
The battle's still on, and it will go right to the wire, apparently, between these two. Neither of them wanting to give an inch. We still don't know what happened with A.J. Foyt's automobile as twice it drop-kicked car number 12, Allison, up there in the turn six area. Let's go back now to turn six, the report upcoming from Fritz Duda. Dirt all over the track, but no yellow condition, simply waving the oil flag out at all the dirt that's come over here. Ron Gauchy, uh, Gauchy uh, from Truckee and a 71 Ford came up here, a la Benny Parsons earlier in the race, went through that infield, did a 180, went sideways, got hit by another unidentified automobile. Uh, oddly enough, everybody cleared the area, is out of here, no cars are stalled, and let's go back to radio control and, and watch for A.J. Boyd and, uh, and see what happens. It looked like Jack McCoy's car was involved. He came by here with a uh, left front fender all tore up. Jack McCoy's car really throwing some nose damage. A 50 lap average speed, 103.808 miles per hour. That's 103.808 on this 2.62 nine turn course at Riverside, California. Last year's winner, Ray Elder, is currently running in fourth place. Bobby Allison, who won here in June, in this event is currently back in the front position and a year ago in this race he finished in second place so he's been having some good runs at Riverside of recent Benny Parsons is out of the race Bobby Isaac who placed fourth a year ago in this event is right back in it running just outside of the front six yeah, this is Jerry in the pits. I've got Daryl Derringer with me, and I thought we might talk just very briefly about rubber on this track. Daryl, how is it holding up today? Everything looks real good, Jerry. The, uh, so far, we haven't had any problems at all. The pace seems to be about like it qualified. They're only off a, a second or two of what they qualified, and, of course, that's real good running traffic, and, of course, the track is definitely a lot greaser than it was when they started. So things keep going like they are. We hope a lot of success to the boys and, and no problems. How about an average 500-mile race? Take a super speedway, take Riverside Raceway. Where are you going to get the most wear? Well, right here it'll be on the left front because uh, of all the right turns. And, of course, they do punish the car quite a bit through the number one corner here and down through the S's on the on the right front. But the left front takes all the punishment. Good. Darrell Derringer, Goodyear Tire and Rubber. Now back to the tower. Here is McCoy's car coming in, and the front end of that car really took a lick. Nose all torn up on McCoy's automobile. He made a lap on it, but they're bringing it to rest right now. Richard Petty's automobile coming by, currently in third. Manufacturers make rundown. In front, it is Mercury. Second is Chevrolet. Third is Plymouth. Fourth was showing his Ford on the 75-lap rundown. Pearson has pulled up. Now, Elder may have picked him up again on that lengthy stop of better than a minute. Uh, uh, Foyt just got the, or is fixing to get the sign, pits three laps. So that will change the lead again, probably. Ray Elder is currently running in fifth behind Pearson, or was on the 75-lap rundown. And that minute stay will probably put Elder back and forth. Then six is Isaac, and that's no probability. Seventh is Dick Bone. Bone was in for a while, back out again. And the Portland, Oregon runner is doing very, very well today. Last year in this event, it was a bellwether day for California race drivers. Ray Elder, who is a regular NASCAR campaigner on the Western Grand National Circuit won the event. He was the first of the Western Grand National drivers to ever win it. And here's A.J. Foyt ready to pit. A.J. Foyt is on pit road. We'll wait for Bobby Allison to come around. The Wood Brothers going to work. Bobby Isaac is pitting. Isaac coming in directly behind him. And here goes Allison by. Allison has come around, and he is once again in the lead. Cleaning off the windshield and changing rubber, left side rubber on A.J. Foyt's car. A.J., who won at Atlanta, Georgia, who won at Ontario, California last year in the Miller 500, brings the same car in which he won those races down pit road after a very quick stop. 
23 seconds on uh, Foyt. Bobby Isaac is in and out, and Elmer Langley's in. 23 seconds, two tires and a tank of gas, and again, A.J. Foyt, the legend, living legend of American automobile racing, is back in the campaign fighting with Bobby Allison for a victory in the first NASCAR Grand National Race of 1972. Richard Petty has taken over in second place. Bobby Allison has dropped has dropped up in, or rather has taken the lead and A.J. Foyt has dropped into third position. Those are the front three and here's Marvin. There's 33 seconds separating A.J. Foyt and Bobby Allison with Petty sandwiched in between but as Foyt went, came by here he was doing a lot of beating on the roof and pointing over towards the right side like maybe he has a tire problem or something. Foyt is not handling too well through the S's. I noticed when he came right out of his pit stop a moment ago that just the lap before, Ken, that he almost lost it coming into this turn two, and he also has began to fight the car quite a bit through the S's, so apparently he does have some handling troubles. Let's go back to you, Ken Squire. James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, has been on pit road and has returned once again to the fracas at Riverside International Raceway. James Hilton, a couple of times up in the number two spot, but never a winner. Last year, he placed fifth in this event. It was a very good finish for James out here. Fifth place in 1971. 79 laps, 206 miles down. Getting ready for an 80-lap rundown very shortly. Almo Langley coming by. Foyt, Allison, and Petty continue to square off and battle it out here. The key battle thus far has been the confrontation between Bobby Allison, who started 15th, and A.J. Foyt. They've muscled each other. There's been a couple of a, a, a couple of actual contact moments out there up in turn six that Fritz Duda reported, where one car drop kicked the other. We've had Petty in the scramble most of the way. Petty has taken some damage on his automobile, and the sheet metal will be straightened out a bit on the car a little while ago. And those three have been swapping the lead. The other major story thus far in the event is the effort of the Cleveland engine being run in that new Bud Moore engineering automobile. David Pearson, three-time Grand National Champion of NASCAR, started 30th today and now is in fourth position and stays right there. Now remember, we're less than halfway, and the last half of the Winston Western 500 is usually decided by attrition as the top racing teams see their hopes tumble as cars begin to boil over and break up and break down. So Pearson runs a strong fourth. He might be around to see it all come home today. Richard Petty and A.J. Foyt, both previous winners in this event, trying to do it a second time at Riverside. 90-lap rundown. Allison in front, Petty in second. Foyt is running third. Bobby Isaac fourth. David Pearson fifth. Ray Elder is sixth. McGriff is seventh. And Dick Bound is running in the eighth position. Car number six back on pit road, Jerry Oliver. Herschel McGriff coming by currently. Seventh place automobile in the Winston Western 500. The lead automobile, Allison. Petty second. Foyt third. The battle is for second. Here is Petty. Here is Foyt. Separation. Three-second advantage being enjoyed by Richard Petty as they complete 91 laps. We have a car. We have a car pulling off the uh, track here at the back. I believe it is number 75W. At least that's what it says on the car. That should be number 75, Paul Doherty of Modesto, I believe. He came down the back straightaway extremely slow, about 30 miles an hour, has pulled off past the champion bridge. The hood is up. The driver's out of the car checking it. He's almost completely off the track. 90 lap rundown is in with Allison Petty Foyt showing as the front three. Isaac Pearson, Elder in the second three, McGriff and then bound out of it. And yellow is on the track. Caution is on the speedway. Caution is on. We had a new record at 90 laps, 105.046. 105.046, the 90 lap rundown. And it came just at the time when yellow was thrown on the speedway. So we'll see if we have a new record at 100 laps. Caution is on the track. Yellow is out. Marvin Panch. 
Here comes Allison into the pits. Lead automobile, car number 12, Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, Coca-Cola Chevrolet. Don Noel is in the pits, car number 89, and here comes the rest of the contingent. Here's A.J. Foyt pitting, Herschel McGriff is pitting number 04, and Richard Petty is in. Service work, left side tires for car number 12. Allison will be going on the pit road to Jerry Smith momentarily. Fuel for Bobby Allison. He is off the jack, and they're going all the way around. Four tires going on Bobby Allison's car. Go ahead. For the, uh, I believe the reason for the yellow flag is on the track now that uh, Paul Doherty car, the Modesto car number 75, the 72 Chevelle, tow truck is now pushing it off the track. Uh, it's back on the track. Now they're pushing it down on the off-road back here in the back straightaway. So I believe that is the reason. <laughs> the mechanics on the back of the truck waving frantically at the cars that are coming up on them, and they are off the track. I think the yellow should be off any moment now. Car number 19, Henley Gray, Rome, Georgia, back in the race. Friday Hessler's car taking service. Noel's car back in the race. A.J. Foyt comes on. How long on A.J.? All cars took on uh, four tires. I'm talking about Allison, Foyt, and Petty. Uh, Allison's pit stop for all four tires was 39 seconds, and Foyt's pit stop for all four tires was uh, just a little bit longer, Ken. This is uh, real rare, 43 seconds. Herschel McGriff's car is still on pit road. Herschel McGriff, seventh place runner from Bridalvale, Oregon, is taking on right side rubber at the present time as they go around. Friday Hessler's car up on the Jackson. Right side rubber is the administration of that automobile at the present time. Let's review for you the cars that are currently in the race. Car number 79, Frank Warren's car is still in. Cecil Gordon still in competition. The number 61, Jim Daniels. Of course, Bobby Allison running beautifully today. Number 26, that is Carl Joyner's car. Number 96 stays very much in the thick of things. Ray Elder running. Number 77, Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama. Car number 42 is still running strong in the event. Larry Esau, number 91, still in competition at the present time. Johnny Anderson's car reported still going strong. The 04, Herschel McGriff. The 00, Frank James. The 48, James Hilton. The 19 of Henley Gray. The 39 of Friday Hessler. Richard Petty, Foyt. The number 47 of Ray Williams, 07, still in competition, Ivan Baldwin of Highland. The number 89 automobile, which is Don Noel's car. Car number 70 is still part of the field, J.D. McDuffie's automobile. Car number 6, Jerry Oliver, comprises another entry still running strong. Elmo Langley still going at it out here. Kevin Terrace from Manhattan Beach, California, is competing well. Bobby Isaac still very much in it. Ballard running strong. Car number 15, David Pearson, who is showing as the fifth place car. The number 02, Dick Brown of Portland, Oregon. The eighth place automobile, number 57, Reported still as a strong contender to finish this one out, David Boggs. And here's a young runner I think you're going to hear a lot about in the next three or four years, Boggs, out of Morrisonville, North Carolina. Car number four, Dick Kranzler, a driver out of California who's had a lot of heating problems but still in the race. Car number three, John Soares of Hayward, California, 70 Chevelle, sticking it out out here. And car number 27, that comprises the entire group still in the race, 31 running. The number 27, Chuck Bone of Portland, Oregon, and the 70 Plymouth is the 31st car out of the cars still running. 40 started, 31 still in action. The yellow is off, they are back in the race. The yellow is off, they are back racing on the back straightaway. Green is on around the course, and we are at lap number 94. 
The Winston Western 500 is coming to the halfway mark, and seven seconds separate the front three automobiles, the top three, all tied together. Did you see that tremendous pass by Foyt when he passed Petty right down here? They run up on some slow cars, Petty on the outside and Foyt on the inside. It was four abreast there for a second. 96 laps will call the halfway mark, 251.52 miles. The leader right now is Bobby Allison. And then just seven seconds back, here's Allison going halfway. The halfway mark is on him. Bobby Allison in front. Can he stay there? A.J. Foyt chasing after him with Richard Petty right behind him. The front three cars at 250 miles within seven seconds. Any closer? No, seven and a half seconds to be exact. Seven and a half seconds separation from first to third place at 250 miles on this winding road course in California. The battle continuing up into turn two. There's less than a second separation between second and third place between right now A.J. Foyt and Richard Petty as they head to you, Fritz Duder. That battle is getting hotter by the minute. Yes, it is, Barney Halls. A.J. Foyt comes around turn number six. Right on his tail is Richard Petty. They're about, oh, six, seven seconds behind Bobby Allison. As Bobby goes around turn number eight, A.J. Foyt goes into eight. They're both in the same turn together, Foyt and Richard Petty. Petty now right behind Foyt as they go down the back straightaway. Foyt gets on it. Petty maybe five, four, five car lengths behind him as they go down that back straightaway towards that champion bridge. Right below us now is Bobby Allison, number 12, the big 427 Chevrolet. And then behind him is uh, Dick Bone. There comes uh, number 21, A.J. Foyt, and right behind him, Richard Petty, number 43, in the bright blue car. Going into turn number nine, it is uh, still Allison way out in front. And then, of course, Foyt, and right behind him, Richard Petty. Richard Petty fighting with A.J. Foyt as Allison continues to hold the lead, but not by much. Bobby Allison trying to get it off as he did so much of last year by winning a big race. He won a lot of them in 1971. The majority of the super speedway races were his. A.J. Foyt is challenged by Richard Petty, shadowing him down this main straightaway and up to turn two. Running up on some of the slower traffic now. Foyt runs in behind Dick Bone. Foyt having a little problem getting underneath him. Bone swings to the inside. A.J. rides to the outside and Petty closes the gap even tighter as they head for turn six. We have them coming out here out of the S's as they snake out. Bone now right in front of Foyt. Foyt's by Bone. Petty by Bone as they come up here into 6-6, six, six, getting a little slippery up here with all the action. It's a little squirrely for Foyt as he comes in here. Petty right behind him. Petty cannot make the move in that short straightaway. As they go down into turn number 8, it's Foyt to the inside. Petty around, goes to the outside, goes very deep into that turn. A.J. makes up two, three car lengths as they come out of turn number 8. As Petty goes wide into 8, Foyt now in the lead. Foyt running second, Petty running third as they go down the back straightaway in the Champion Bridge. Well, right below us, as we said again, there goes Bobby Allison with a comfortable lead, the big gold uh, 427 Chevrolet. Now behind him and coming up perhaps just a little bit is Foyt going below us right now, and Petty in the blue uh, Plymouth trying to keep Chrysler's hopes alive. Uh, Foyt and Petty battling it out for second place. Petty moving up just a little bit as they go into the long turn number nine, the long sweeping turn, back around in front of the tower. Bobby Allison continuing to throttle wide open here. He's got it mashed right to the boards as he comes across the line. Allison in front. Now here comes your second and third place confrontation. It is A.J. Foyt and Richard Petty wheeling across at 95 laps. Allison was the leader. Foyt in second. Petty third. Bobby Isaac fourth. Ray Elder fifth. And David Pearson sixth. Now note that Pearson continues to work his way back up again. Pearson getting around Elder, then Elder around Pearson as that battle continues there. This time it's Elder in front of Pearson, then McGrith in seventh, and Vaughn running in eighth position. Bound in the eighth position at 95 laps. Cecil Gordon coming by. How much separation between first and third as we completed 96 laps, Marvin? 
eight seconds, but remember they reported up through the S's where they, uh, Petty and Floyd both ran into some slower traffic, so that was the reason they lost that second. We, we picked it up here in six, uh, Marvin. Uh, we just watched A.J. Foyt and Richard Petty come up here, and Bobby Allison got behind the slower cars. He came through here, and so they picked up a little time on Bobby. 103.898 average speed, 103.898 mile per hour average at the halfway point here at Riverside, California. In today's race, three out of four cars are using Andy Granatelli's new STP double oil filter. Double oil filter. These filters are thoroughly tested in racing and will be available soon at your service station. STP, double oil filters, will give your car double filter protection. Ask for STP filters next time you change your oil and give your car the racer's edge. Three out of four cars that are running at Riverside International Raceway this day are also using STP Keep Cool Radiator Treatment, which was used by Bobby Isaac to win the National NASCAR Crown in 70 and by Richard Petty last year. STP, the racer's edge also. STP oil treatment, STP gas treatment. Next time at your favorite service station, ask for STP products. Only five seconds separation. That traffic really did hurt Bobby that time. They've shuffled them together. The deck is tighter than ever here at Riverside, California. The front three are all back together, and let's go to Fritz Duda. They just went down this back straightaway, and again, Bobby Allison lost a little time to Richard Petty and A.J. Foyt, and they're breathing right down his neck as they go down that back straightaway. Bobby Allison having his challenges here today because he's got to really get on it. These two guys, Foyt and Petty, are very, very serious, and they're down into turn number nine, Ken. Foyt getting some separation. He's pulling away. There's a little bit of an interval now between him and Richard Petty as they come around. Allison comes out of the turn, and Bobby Allison has now completed 91, correction, 101 laps, I believe, of the race. The battle for second place is still a good one. Right. Uh, the the time difference between uh, first and second place is only five seconds, Ken, and a second behind Ford is Petty, who is only one second behind. 100 laps complete. 262 miles are down. 262. 100 laps on the board. Now working there 101st. The average speed at the halfway mark was 103.898. Three strong contenders, better than halfway, within eight seconds of each other. Ken Squires, there's an awful lot of money up for grabs here in this Winston Western 500. Looking at the first breakdown a moment ago, the winner's share will be over $15,000. And the last position, even 40th position, will pay more than $1,000 here at Riverside today. So these drivers really have something to battle for. Ray Elder, last year's winner, Ray Elder of Coders, California, now pitting his automobile. 100-lap rundown with Allison still showing the mark. A.J. Foyt in second, Richard Petty third. Ray Elder in fourth, David Pearson fifth, Bobby Isaac sixth, Herschel McGriff seventh, and Dick Brown running eighth position. Uh, it's the same time separation between first and second, and this is definitely an unscheduled stop for Ray Elder because he was in on that caution, same time the rest of the leaders were. So this is a bad break. This is costing them a lot of time. It's tires, and it's left front for sure and left rear. The Olympia car of Ray Elder now being serviced on pit road while the track is under green. And just a few laps ago, we were under caution as they pushed off an automobile, which had become inoperative. 101 down. They're working the 102nd lap. When they come by, they'll have gone 267 miles. 
A.J. Foyt's car running right up there and staying within shooting distance of Bobby Allison all the way. The car prepared by Glenn Wood. Here's Ray Elder's car going down to reentry and coming back on the track. We asked Glenn Wood about what the chief concern at Riverside was in setting a car up. Uh, brakes are a big concern here because uh, you do use them a lot, and, and a car takes quite a beating here for 500 miles, probably more than on any other track we run on. Uh, the whole car itself has to be in top shape. Glenn Wood, chief man behind car number 21 of the Wood Brothers of Stewart, Virginia, which A.J. Foyt is now driving in second place here this afternoon at Riverside. A.J. Foyt was won here before. In fact, all four of the front runners are previous winners. Allison won here in June a year ago. Foyt has won in this race. And here's Foyt coming by, winner a couple of years ago, Petty coming by, and Elder. Only four seconds separation. Uh, Foyt is closing up, but he's signaling to his pit crew he's beating on the roof again. Let's go to Barney Hall. I think Richard Petty and both Foyt both are having problems as they come off this turn, too. Richard took a real hairy ride here just a moment ago. He came through. They cut the turn a little short, and they either have tires or some concrete to bank the turn up as they come into turn two. And if you get that outside wheel on that, it can flip you right up. And Richard was on two wheels as he came through there just a moment ago, and so was Foyt. They're both having problems right now coming into turn two through the rest of the S's. They're handling very well. Back to radio control. They have a quarter deck situation here where the crew chiefs can walk out off the pits and the track is raised or the track is lowered and an area for them to give their signs to their crews is about three or four feet above the racetrack. Dale Inman is standing out there now waiting for Richard to come back by again and one of the Wood Brothers is standing out there as well so they may be getting ready to get something straightened out with their drivers if there are some handling problems. Let's go to Larry Huffman. Under the, uh, just under the champion bridge went uh, the leaders, uh, Allison and then uh, Foyt and then Petty. Just about the same distance, nothing too much separating them. Uh, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, the 71 Chevelle, got a little squirrely here a moment ago on the back straightaway and went off the track and then came back on. No damage, no problem. He's still back in the race. Back around now, turn number nine and back in front of the tower. Allison comes by and he has a little bit of a lead again. And here's second place car, A.J. Foyt, followed by Richard Petty as the big three move down to Barney Hall. You know, kid, I was thinking a moment ago when this race started, it was real foggy. It has since lifted quite a bit, and the visibility is real good right now. But Allison starting so far back in the pack, this fog may have helped him. They probably didn't even see him coming up as fast as he was. <laughs> I doubt that. They ought to hurt him. He stretched the lead out to seven seconds that time. So that shows you how important running up on slower traffic is through these S's, Ken. Get really uh, healthier or it could really hurt you. Showing 105, 103, 103 complete, 269 miles. They're working the 104th lap of the Winston Western 500 as Ray Elder runs in fourth position. Winner here a year ago and his old record for the distance. Looks like that may be broken before this day is over. That was his very finest race of all time for Ray Elder. He is considering going to Daytona to run the 500 February 20th, or he may be out here in California doing some tire testing before they move on to Ontario, California in March for that Miller 500, which last year was just one dandy automobile race. But I can't think of too many last year that were dogs. They were all good races. A couple of the races run on mile tracks uh, might have been a little stronger, but everything on a mile over was fantastic. Every race we broadcasted last year, Ken, was the best one. We go to the next race, and it was better yet, and every race seemed to just be, get better. Every, uh, it, it's hard to explain. Uh, by the time you sit there and think you've seen the best race possible to see, you go to the next one, and it's better again. 
was an absolutely great year, and this year looks even better with so much interest in this new 32-race series instead of a longer series, with so much emphasis being put on the Supers and so much money. This is the richest circuit at $3.5 million just in the Grand National alone and just in this one division. And these drivers, they are the very finest stock car drivers, many of them are the very finest drivers in the world. You can't find much better than a Richard Petty or a Bobby Allison. And when you put in A.J. Floyd and Bobby Isaac and David Pearson, you've got some kind of an automobile race. And don't forget that Buddy Baker and Pete Hamilton, they'll be at Daytona. And in uh, as much as I'm in the winger, I've got to hold out for Pete. He didn't do too badly two years ago, and I think he's going to do real well there this year. And Buddy Baker, that great challenger, they may run him in more than 10 races, Andy Granatelli said, and the fans around Charlotte, North Carolina are going to be ecstatic about that, that it will be Petty Engineering and it will be Buddy Baker back out there at Daytona and in other major races this year, all the super speedway. The Winston Western 500, Riverside, California, with a battle up in front that is the best in the history of this event. The 10th annual is a doozy with Bobby Allison in a Chevrolet, A.J. Floyd in a Mercury, Richard Petty in a Plymouth, all battling within eight seconds of each other for the lead. David Pearson runs in fourth position. Bobby Isaac is in fifth. Ray Elder in sixth. Herschel McGrath in seventh. And Dick Baum remains in eighth position. The West Coast drivers, now note how well they're doing. Here is Elder running sixth. McGrath seventh. Bound eighth. These three right together in the front ten. The front position remains with Allison. Second position, Foyt. Third position, Petty. And all of a sudden, Pearson in fourth position in that Ford Torino. The Ford Torino of David Pearson moving up. Here is Richard Petty passing A.J. Foyt as they come off turn number nine. On an outside sweep, he moves around, and they move up to turn number two. Petty jumps out around him right now. Again, he hits that high spot inside that second turn, gets that car up on two wheels, and Foyt makes up a little distance on him as they come through the S's. A.J. now about five car lengths back as they head for turn six. We have him coming up here as Bobby Allison exits turn six. Richard Petty enters turn six. A.J. Foyt right behind him. Petty kicks up a little dirt on the inside. And now Foyt slides through turn number six. Gets the car back under control, though, into the short straightaway. Lost maybe a half a second or a second with that slide here in six as Petty gets into traffic coming out of turn number eight. A.J. Foyt going into number eight down the back straightaway. But it's Richard Petty now leading A.J. Foyt second place and third place, respectively. Back to radio control. The battle is going to be a beauty between these two all afternoon as long as the cars can take it. Both of them like to run hard and they don't like to be passed by the other fella and it's that kind of a deal. They're that close. Here's Allison screaming out from under the champion bridge. He moves up into turn number nine and comes up on two, three slower automobiles. He has to come off the throttle just a bit. As they come firing out of the fog, it is Bobby Allison locked in behind two slower cars. Second and third place campaigners moving right along with him. Here comes Bobby Allison moving around Frank Warren as well as car number 61. Here's Richard Petty coming by and A.J. Foyt is in for rubber. A.J. Foyt pulls out of the dice. He likes to bring the car in. The Wood Brothers going to work on his automobile right now and changing tires. It is a left side change to begin with. Left side rubber for A.J. Foyt. On pit road, here's Jerry Smith. We'll be looking at this one particularly closely, and I think we'll have a report for you in just a moment or two. But at the last time that A.J. Foyt was in for that left front tire business, he had a problem. This was the only tire that we have been able to see with just a cursory inspection that has had a literal slip around the perimeter of the tire, the outside, meaning the chances are very good that tire is rubbing on the body frame. So we'll take a look at this one and report back to you in just a minute. Right now, back to the tower. 
The pit stop continues on car number 21, the beautiful maroon, white, and gold Mercury automobile, the 1971 car, which was campaigned last year. They have a fresh car, which will be running at Daytona Sunday, February 20th. But here today, they're using up last year's automobile. The fresh car will also be a 1971 Mercury automobile. We have a yellow flag condition now at turn number eight. Turn number eight, Carl Joyner in car number 26W at Portland, Oregon, in 72 Chevrolet has gotten sideways. That's an unofficial report on that car number and driver up here from the track PA, but we have a squirrely situation over there as they come out of turn number eight. The yellow flag is out. Turn number eight as you go into eight, eight A and back down the straight, uh, back straightaway, back to radio control. We have a problem in the pits with the Wood Brothers car. A.J. Foyt, they're not getting too excited. They've been in there a long time. They're talking to Foyt. They had the left front wheel off for quite a while. They have it back on. He's back down. So we'll see what happens there. Looks like he's getting ready to leave the pits. Very slowly. Not coming out fast at all. Very slowly rolling. A.J. Foyt now beginning to move down pit road. And let's see if he is going out on the track. He doesn't look like he is coming back on the track. He might be going up and ready to retire the automobile. It's moving very slowly. And is going behind the wall. A.J. Foyt is retiring car number 21. It is behind the wall. 100 laps, 104.071 average. That's a new record. Two and a half seconds separation between first and second place as Richard Petty gets it on and chases down Bobby Allison. A.J. Foyt retires from the race. Foyt is out. A great effort made, but it fell short, and we have a report after that stop at 108 laps by Foyt from Jerry Smith. Right at the moment, I have two very excellent helpers here that are with me in the pits, Bill Fraser and George Olpey. Uh, they are trying to get either Glenn Wood or A.J. Ford up here to have a brief talk to find out just exactly what did go wrong. I'd like to give you also a brief report on the, uh, the Bound family, Dick Bound, the father, who is now running in eighth position overall, according to your last rundown, apparently was uh, having a very severe fuel pump problem earlier in this race, was in the pits for the better part of four minutes. They changed the pump, and for some reason, that pump was pumping oil out of the car. Uh, then, just as he pulled out, son, uh, who is a 19-year-old, was in for almost five minutes. He was having handling problems. Back to the tower. Hey, Bobby Allison just goes off the track in turn number two. Allison up into the grass, keeps the car under control, slides, goes back on the dirt, and that comes back out of the track. And Richard Petty almost got around him there. Bobby Allison almost getting all the way up to the top of the bank as he heads for turn six. Richard Petty now has that lead in turn number six. Bobby Allison has taken second place as a result of that incident up in turn two. Petty now going into eight. Where last time we saw it here, why Richard Petty was behind by about two and a half seconds. That's just changed dramatically here as Bobby Allison comes around turn number eight. Petty really gets on it. Allison a little shook as he goes down that back straightaway. Petty now probably 100, 150 yards ahead of Bobby Allison. Larry Huffman. We watched uh, Richard Petty move in on Allison in that last lap, and it looks like he has passed him up, and here they come down the uh, down the long back straightaway, and there goes Richard Petty right below us, and then back behind two other cars is number 12, Bobby Allison. So Allison, uh, the, the crash off the track, or at least going off the track, seemed to have slowed him down a little bit, a little shook up as they go into the long sweeping turn nine and back around in front of the tower. It is out in front, Richard Petty. Richard Petty, defending Grand National Champion, takes the lead in the Winston Western 500 at 100 laps the new record 104.071 breaks the old record the old record 99.293 miles per hour that's some way to shatter a record by five miles an hour plus they have broken the old record here at riverside california 
at 100 laps. Fantastic run being made today by the NASCAR Grand National Stars. Allison has just lost his lead to Richard Petty. And these two, who were the major story of last year, their battles at Talladega, their battles on the short track, where the talk of the South are doing it at Riverside, California, and these California fans are going to see something if these two hang together for the next 100 miles. Let's go out to Fritz Studen. We're looking over here, and of course, A.J. Foyt, a very popular race driver out here in California, and some of the people over in campers had big signs up, A.J. Foyt, and we're just looking at one now. They just took the Foyt sign down, and now they put a big Richard Petty sign up. So Richard Petty, second choice, now first choice of the fans here, and Petty now leading this race over the Coca-Cola special of Bobby Allison, and that golden red car just went around here, and he's lost some more room to Richard as Richard's really with it down the back straightaway. Should be in about turn nine, radio control. Around they come. STP Plymouth in front. The Coca-Cola Chevrolet in second, and he's dropped back by four or five seconds. Two great products, but they don't mix too well together. And if these two get together, we're going to have a great finish in this one. They presented probably the best finishes that NASCAR has ever had last year, Petty and Allison. And that's how they're running, one and two, right now here at Riverside, California. A.J. Foyt having retired, the 110-lap rundown is in, and David Pearson moves into third position. Pearson, at 100 laps, had pulled around Elder again. He's up in front of Isaac, and he here's how they run. Petty, Plymouth, first, Allison, Chevrolet, second, Pearson, Ford, third, Isaac, Dodge, fourth, Elder, Dodge, fifth, McGriff, Plymouth, sixth, Hilton, Ford, seventh, Bone, Plymouth, eighth. The 110-lap rundown. A new record, 104.357 miles per hour. The old record, 99.476, as they blitzed the old mark this afternoon. Again, that new record, 104.357 mile per hour average. The old record, 99.476, a tremendous race in the fog here at Riverside, California. They're breaking every record, not by a marginal bit, but by the, by the whole nine yards. By five miles per hour, they're ripping it up. Two of the greatest drivers the South has ever created, Bobby Allison and Richard Petty, battling today at Riverside, California, with currently Richard Petty in front and Allison is second. But it's been a seesaw affair and looks to be that way right to the conclusion of the event. Marvin Pants. We're getting a time on Petty, separation between Petty and Allison right at this moment. Uh, this is the first time that Allison has been trailing, and uh, time difference is approximately eight seconds. It seems like that. Seven, eight seconds is the magic number here today, Ken. Kevin Terrace has pitted his automobile for another time, the Black & Decker car. Car number 61 is now reported as officially out of competition, has retired from the race. Car number 61 retiring from competition, Jim Danielson from Chico, California, 1971 Mercury automobile. Car number double zero stays right out here and continues to mix it up. Frank James of Bakersfield, California, out front of, out back of the top 15, but still very much in it. Here's Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, with a red, white, and blue. Car number 47 back on pit road for another stint. Number 48, James Hilton, who's carrying new colors. What do you call that? Sort of a brindle copper color on number 48, now coming by. Ready to break into 300 miles of competition here at Riverside, California this afternoon. Just about ready to hit that 300 mile mark. Marvin? 
We just got a little note of, uh, that's really sad, especially to the, uh, myself and uh, uh, fellows that ran about the time I was running. Uh, they'll remember Dick Joslin, who was a real competitor. Uh, we just got word from Florida that Dick Joslin uh, passed away here today. So uh, this is really a shock to all of us. And uh, Dick, uh, since he retired from racing, has been promoting races around the Florida area, around Orlando and so forth. And he lived in Orlando. So it's a real, a real bad uh, situation. Riverside, California, where the Winston Western 500 has completed 140 laps, 298 miles. Lap number 115, 301 miles is now what they're working. 301 miles complete into the last 200 miles with Richard Petty coming by out in front and building up a very healthy lead, if you will, over second place, Bobby Allison. Allison now coming by, and that is the biggest separation we have seen all afternoon between first and second position. He whomped him. Ten seconds. Richard Petty getting it on here. Petty has point, lost a lap, went behind the wall into the garage area. His transmission housing split on A.J. Foyt's automobile. Richard Petty... David Pearson's car seems to be having some problems up in turn six. We'll go to Fritz Duda. David Pearson valiantly in third place coming from row 16 is now off the track. David on the inside, on the infield side of this track as he comes into number six. No spin out. David just stopped, slowed. He's got the hood up and he's now leaning over trying to fix that engine himself. David Pearson started in row 16, running third. Now out of the race apparently. Radio control. Richard Petty says... David Pearson is probably the most underrated race driver in the world. And that comes from the man who's won 140 Grand National Victories, and he has looked good out here all afternoon. Well, little David from Spartanburg is now up in turn six, working on the automobile himself. And it will be Daytona, February 20th, with a Budmore Engineering automobile gets its next test. And that should be a dandy, because David is still looking for his first Daytona 500-mile victory. And a lot of people feel that it's, it's got to come to him sooner or later. He's won everywhere else. He's won the national title three times. Here's Richard Petty putting a lap on Ray Elder as he flashes by. And here's Yellow coming on. Caution is again on the speedway. Let's find the purpose of that in just a moment here. Around the course, anybody got a car? It's... Again, I'm pretty sure it's Pearson who is sitting. Pearson is not very far off the main race course going into turn six. David's car sitting on the right side of the speedway, maybe 30 or 40 feet up. And I'm sure that's the reason for it. They want to move that car. We have A.J. Point in the pits. A.J., uh, bad luck again. What happened? Well, actually, the tail shaft of the transmission, for some reason, just fell off going down the straightaway. Everything was running fine. No problems. Well, yes, at first there we was having a few problems, but after we started out, we was uh, running good, and uh, either the uh, dry shaft or something, uh, we just don't really know at this time what caused it to happen. It's the first time it's ever happened to us on a transmission like that. Uh, it just cracked and broke, and uh, there's really no explanation for it, why it happened. But uh, my crew, I think, did a fantastic job and everything else, but it's just one of them things. How about A.J. Ford and the Wood team for the rest of the season? What are the plans? Well, we're going to run uh, probably Daytona and also, I think, uh, Ontario and uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's a very possibility. A.J., you're running really hard. It's a, it was a bad break. Better luck next time. Thank you very much, and maybe we'll see you again sometime. Very good, A.J. Back to the tower. In the Winston, Western 500 at Riverside, California, caution is on for David Pearson's automobile, which could not be extricated from the dirt on the inside up in turn six, and they're moving that one out. Therefore, yellow is on. Every one of the leaders in the pits, and the quick pit stop. Allison is back on the track. Petty is still there. Allison retakes the lead. 
24 seconds on Allison, but he only took on two tires. Petty's taken on all four. Bobby Allison gambling on rubber. Goes back to the track. Richard Petty rolls down pit road and heads for re-entry. Friday Hessler pitting behind him as well as Bobby Isaac. 55 seconds on Petty, and here comes Isaac. Richard Petty having to play catch-up. Remember, he stretched his lead to 11 and a half seconds, the biggest lead anyone has enjoyed over Allison. But Allison came out far faster. They're still under caution. It'll be Allison in front, maybe a couple of lap cars to help him, but Petty will be close there behind as they re-enter competition under Green very, very shortly. Frank Warren pitting his automobile and coming back on the track. Car number 70, J.D. McDuffie in and out. The double zero coming by, and double zero may have played a much more important part in this race than anyone has realized. Frank James of Bakersfield, California. A report from Barney Hall. Well, I think in all fairness to Bobby Allison, when he lost the lead a moment ago, Bobby was coming through turn two, and the car had been handling great all afternoon. As he came out of turn two, car double zero, Frank James moved to the outside, and Bobby was in that groove. He had no choice because there was a car on the inside also, so he had to go off the track, and therefore he lost the car on the loose dirt. Still did a tremendous job of only losing about 11 seconds to Richard Petty as Petty swept by him on that. But Bobby is back in the lead, and he'll be really hard to run down now, you can bet. Back to you, Ken. Marvin Panch. Uh, on the K&K car, it was 22 seconds, which was a uh, real quick stop. I was just wondering uh, if running off the road might have done uh, some damage to the suspension. Here comes Bobby Allison back in, because a lot of times you run off the pavement, and, uh, it's a little rough on suspension. He just got a bad break coming in the pits. Another sl uh, slower car just pulled in front of him. Almo Langley's car coming in, he had to swing around him. The rundown at 115 laps. Petty in front, Allison in second, Isaac running third, Elder in fourth, McGriff in fifth, James Hilton in sixth, and Bound runs in seventh position. That's the 115-lap rundown. Now, Petty and Allison are swapping the lead under caution, with Isaac moving up. Remember again, Harry Hyde told us before the race that they would play it very close to the best. They were not going to go all out and drive the traditional isaac kind of race which is mash it to the boards and leave it there this was not their kind of track and they would just kind of wait and see what the leaders are doing they've waited their way into third place and there's still a lot of miles left 27 seconds on that stop on nelson it took on left side tires did petty come by him yes so, he did so petty is again the leader with allison in second isaac in third elder in fourth mcgriff running fifth hilton in sixth and bound runs in seventh David Pearson had an excellent day before his car broke. Elder now coming on the track. 17 seconds. I didn't see a tire change. It looked like just gas. Caution is off. The caution flag is off. It's green flag back on. Here we go back to racing in the back straightaway. Let's pick them up as they move down that back straightaway. Petty goes out in front. Richard Petty, number 43, down into the long sweeping turn, number 9. It is a tremendous break for Petty. That second stop by Allison, he came in, and now he is far behind the leader. As the green came out again, coming down that backstretch, it has changed the situation. He did not have time to move up to the lap cars and re-catch the leader before the green fell. So Richard Petty inherits a very handsome lead here on lap number 118. The 118th lap shows Petty out in front with a flourish, 309.16 miles complete. 309 miles down with less than 200 miles to go. Richard Petty has the first major break in the automobile race. Here is Allison coming by and he's got a lot of work to do.
28 and a half seconds. That's a, a great lead. Of course, anything can happen on these road courses in lap traffic. If somebody switches their groove, moves out of the line, that can really hurt you here and hurt you dearly. 28 seconds could, is not enough by any means to call this one anywhere near home, even if you were within the last three or four laps. Something that might be developing here with Bobby Allison, he may be running a little bit short on brakes. Did you remember he was challenged by everybody at the beginning of this race? He ran hard all through the whole race, probably figuring that uh, the fog might set back down or something of that nature and thought he wanted to keep leading it. So uh, Petty sitting, was sitting back there saving his brakes. So this might be another uh, situation developing. It'd be interesting to see what... Jerry, what Jerry Smith in the pits, if you have an opportunity, would you please check on, the, on brakes? particularly on Allison's car, and you might run that by Dale Inman, too, and see what he or Maurice Petty have to say about the Petty STP car, which is coming by, about to lap Walter Ballard as he completes his 120th lap, or 119th. Richard Petty, winner of 140 Grand National Races in his career, nearly twice that or more than twice of the second man, who is David Pearson in the overall standings, is out in front with a 28-second advantage over Bobby Allison who had the misfortune of pitting and not having an opportunity to re-catch the field before the green was once again unfurled at Riverside, California in the Western, Western 500. The lead automobile with a total lap showing now of 122, 319.6 miles, Petty's STP Plymouth. A.J. Foyt has retired from the race as he stayed right in there with the front runners all the way until mechanical difficulties put his machine out of running. We asked Glenn Wood the man who maintains car number 21, about having A.J. Foyt for a driver. Well, if you'd hunt for one better, I, I don't know why you would go. Uh, he's excelled in about everything that you can think of. 120 lap rundown. Average speed, 103.572 miles per hour. The old record, 99.476. So they continue to shatter that record by better than four miles an hour. Again, from 99.476 miles per hour, they have escalated the speed to 103.572 miles per hour. The interval between first and second place, a healthy 28 seconds for Richard Petty, a very unhealthy situation for Bobby Allison. Has it changed any Marvin Pants? Actually, Bobby lost another second on Petty that lap. So it was a bad break for Bobby. He was, got caught in the pits when the checkered flag came down, and this was a tremendous break for Petty, so we're just going to have to wait and see, but remember before the caution came out, Petty had the edge on Bobby. His car seemed to be getting around at the racetrack a little bit better than Bobby's for some reason or other. Bobby Allison running in second position. We asked Bobby earlier if he would run for the national championship this year. Well, I would like to, Ken, especially uh, when you consider now that we don't have to tow several thousand miles for races that, that pay uh, virtually nothing just to maintain our points. Uh, the circuit this year will be all major races, all races that will be worth running. And uh, so you can run the race to run, and then you can take the points because they're, they're part of the reward of running, not just that you have to go thousands of miles and lose money so that you get points. So there's a pretty good chance that you'll go flat out this season to be at the Plaza Hotel as number one, February 73. I'd love to do that. Allison will be going against Petty all season long. It's going to be a great year. They're running one and two right now with Rapid Richard out in front from Randleman, North Carolina, on the STP Plymouth. 
It is Chevrolet second, Dodge in third, and what a great start Bobby Isaac is having on his season. Not his kind of track, but it's looking like his kind of race. He's right there in third place and holding on with Ray Elder, last year's winner, currently running in fourth position. Bobby Isaac has never had in this particular event, the 500 out here at California, a good finish. He's never finished in the top three, and today he's running in third, looking to move up if either of the leaders should have trouble. The Winston Western 500 sees Plymouth in front, Chevrolet in second, Dodge in third, Petty, Allison, Isaac, the top three at the present time, with the mark now showing 327 of 500 miles complete. In the pits, Jerry Smith. I have the young heart-charging David Ray Boggs out of Morrisville, North Carolina with me now. David having his share of difficulties earlier in the race, right now he's out of it. What happened? Uh, we started off with the ignition problems, and we just about got it solved out, and I think the rear end let go. But it's all solved out, ready for Daytona. Oh, yeah. We got another car, and we're re we've got it ready. I'm going to leave straight from here for there. And uh, I really enjoyed this road race. I'm not much of a road racing man, but I really enjoyed it, and I'll be looking forward to coming back next We're next for you, David. Thanks very much. Also, a brief report from the Petty crew. The brake system and the brake problems do not exist on the Petty car. However, Junior Johnson tells us that he is very much afraid that they might be losing a cylinder in the number 12 car. We'll be watching for it. Back to the tower. That could be the key factor in the battle between Allison and Petty today, a brake cylinder. With us, pardon? I think he means uh, a, a cylinder in the engine is getting weak the way he talks. I hope it's not brake cylinder. No, he's fact, talking, I hope he's it's talking about a cylinder in the engine. He's having engine trouble. Yes, sir. Okay, we thought he was running out of brakes for a while. All right. <laughs> Our specialist from Gray Rock Brake Line got very upset for just a minute. Now they're doing pretty good on brakes today, Mark. Uh, it's real surprising, really, as hard as they run. I've been expecting uh, to see more brake problems here, to be honest about it. With us from Ontario Motor Speedway, where they had just a fantastic Grand National Race in 1971. Monty Roberts, uh, looking forward to another big one there soon? Yeah, March 5th we're going to run, and I think uh, we'll probably have another race just like last year. I think last year we had 27 lead changes, and A.J. won by, by a split second, two inches or something, remember, over Buddy Baker. It was a great race, and, uh, and A.J. Foyt made a tremendous run all day. Richard Petty made a good run that day before it was over, too. Yeah, it was one of the better uh, oval track races I've ever seen. I think Ontario is a real interesting uh, track for the stock cars. In fact, kind of... I don't know. I've told a lot of people that think I'm nuts, but it reminds me a lot of Atlanta, even though it's uh, not banked as high as Atlanta. You get a lot of that dicing and fender banging, uh, uh, lead swapping, more like you do at Atlanta. It's for sure going to be a lot of action, and it's another opportunity for folks out here, 47, better than 47,000 out today to see this race on a road course and that tremendous facility in Ontario. Again, the date? March the 5th. So plan to be there as... The Grand National Cars of NASCAR will be returning almost fresh from the beach. They'll be in Daytona, then Richmond, Virginia, and then on to Ontario, California for a $200,000 classic, the Miller 500, March the 5th. And we hope you'll be there for sure. If not, plan to join us with the Motor Racing Network. Ray Elder from Carruthers, California, running in fourth place here in the Winston Western 500. Last year, this was his track. He won here in this event and then came back on June the 20th to finish second to Bobby Allison in the Golden State 400. In that race, Cecil Gordon had a terrific day. Cecil was still running here today. He finished third, but right now it's Allison and Petty, one and two, with Petty the advantage. Petty running out in front by 28 to 29 seconds. 
keeping the STP Plymouth up in front. And Andy Granatelli himself is here from De Plains, Illinois. That's going to be some celebration because they tried all last year and came up short in their hopes for a victory. People began to think it'd be like Indianapolis where Granatelli tried for so many years. But this year, with a combination of the petty engineering crew of Randleman and the STP support, they could be off to another fantastic season and perhaps an unprecedented fourth Grand National title. Nobody's ever pulled that trick, although Richard pulled up even with Lee Petty and David Pearson. Here's a blown engine on car number 79, or maybe not a blown engine. Could be trouble up on the left front tire on that automobile. Frank Warren of Augusta, Georgia coming by. He was smoking, Cam, but it didn't look like a blown engine. It looked like he was having an engine problem there, though. I think it's just starting to go. Let's watch him around the track. Neil Castles has loaded car number 06. It's on the truck, and it is headed for Daytona Beach, Florida, Sunday, February 20th. The car number 06, Neil Castles of Charlotte, North Carolina, is up and away from Riverside, California. It's still... And I think Frank Warren might have just dropped that engine up there. All grades of smoke came out from under the car. He has pulled it out against the fence, just going into turn six. And there was an awful lot of white smoke. I don't know whether, whether it was an engine or not, but he has retired the car and pulled in against the fence up in turn six. Richard Petty continuing to lead. Petty out in front. Recall Richard Petty last time, last year, had a couple of occasions where they had to administer oxygen to him after he drives hard wherever he goes. And we asked him about this Riverside track, if it was hard for him to take a breather. Say he got a 28-second lead like he is now enjoying to take a little bit of relaxation, to back off for a moment and, and run a little easier and then find it uh, easier to drive from there on in if he, if he got a breather in the race. We have a later report on Allison's automobile. Allison's car, that 72 Chevy, is reported now to be running with only high gear. That is the latest report we have, that his automobile... Bobby Allison Chevrolet has run out of transmission. This is a key problem on this track. Brakes and transmissions are what they worry the most, and that seems to be the problem. We'll have a rundown through 22 positions for you very, very shortly. In today's race, three out of four cars are using Andy Granatelli's new STP double oil filter. Double oil filter. These filters are thoroughly tested in racing and will be available at your local service station in the near future. STP double oil filters will give that automobile of yours double filter protection. Ask for STP filter next time you change your oil and give your car the racer's edge. Three out of four cars here today at Riverside, California are also using STP keep cool radiator treatment which was used by Bobby Isaac to win the NASCAR championship in 1970 by Richard Petty in his 1971 national championship campaign. STP is the racer's edge. Also ask for STP oil treatment, STP gas treatment, STP products, the racer's edge. Next time you're at your favorite service station, get some for sure. Rundown upcoming on how they stand here at Riverside, California this afternoon. It's Richard Petty out in front with Allison in second. Two laps over Bobby Isaac in third. Running fourth, Ray Elder, last year's winner. Then running in the fifth position, car number 04, Herschel McGriff of Bridal Vale, Oregon, has been pulling up, and McGriff is now shown at 130 laps as the fifth-place campaigner. The sixth place runner on the field is car number 32, Kevin Terrace, who's had a pretty good race out here last year, doing it again today. Seventh place is James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina. Eighth place is Elmo Langley. 
Ninth is Friday Hassler. In 10th place is Cecil Gordon. 11th is Frank James. 12th is Dick Down. In 13th position, John Soares. 14th position, car number 91, Johnny Anderson. The 15th position runner, number 26, Carl Joyner. The 16th, number 30, Walter Ballard. 17th position, car number 89. And that 89 automobile is Don Noel of Northridge, California. The 18th position is shown as car number 77, Charlie Roberts of Anniston, Alabama. 19th position in the race, car number 47, Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 20th, car number 6, Jerry Oliver, who finished fourth out here in June last year. The 21st position, car number 70, the number 70 automobile holding up in 21st position, J.D. McDuffie, and 22nd position, car number four, Dick Kranzler, California runner in 22nd position, Kranzler. So there are the front 22 at 130 laps of competition. With 130 laps down, they had completed 340.6 miles. On the official scoring, we are now showing 132 laps complete. 345 miles are down. Petty in front, completing his 346 lap, working his 347 now, rather his, his 347th mile, working in a 348. Richard Petty of Randall, North Carolina, having completed his 133rd lap. Richard Petty in front, and that advantage over Bobby Allison. How's that going, Marvin? Uh, surprising you just asked me because I'm on it right now. <laughs> Richard Petty over Bobby Allison, and we'll get you the interval between first and second place in just a moment. Big surprise for a lot of folks out here that Andy Granatelli had teamed up with Richard Petty. We asked Richard how long STP had been considering an affiliation with the Petty Engineering people. I talked to Andy in, uh, in Texas back in, uh, I guess, the first of December, and uh, uh, after that, uh, we were running the race. It rained it out down there, and I didn't get to see him no more, and I went to uh, uh, Vietnam. Uh, until Christmas, and uh, then when we got back from Vietnam, uh, I guess that uh, his wife was in the hospital and she had some troubles, and uh, he was busy tied up. So really, as far as actually getting down to uh, the nitty-gritty of, of getting things straightened out, we've been working on a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, they put together the deal that is the talk of the racing circles. STP and Richard Petty's Plymouth leading here in the Winston Western 500, the initial Grand National Conflict of 1972. There's a 38-second separation, Ken. So it appears that Bobby Allison has run out of gear. Transmission is bothering. He has only high gear at the present time, they say. And that is apparently the problem on his automobile, giving Richard Petty an advantage of 38 seconds. That was a report that had come up from the Goodyear people here at the race. That was uh, their information. And Jerry Smith, you might want to check that one back one more time. I already have. And Junior Johnson tells us if he's out of gears, that's the first thing he's heard about. Uh, that's uh, uh, something uh, to think about. You remember here last year, Bobby Allison had transmission problem. And he ran second with a bad transmission last year in uh, 500 and then came back uh, to win the 400. Any further speculation, Jerry Smith, from the Junior Johnson Pits as to what's happening with car number 12? No, only that they're running on, uh, they're missing one cylinder. They're having a little bit of difficulty maintaining in, any sort of consistent speed. We also get word here, uh, all of the pit crew chiefs have been notified that a board will be flashed probably in the next few minutes, indicating how many laps they will run this race. 
so I can't see it from my position. You might watch the start-finish line. Bobby Allison apparently has some real difficulties with his automobile because he doesn't like running second, particularly to Richard Petty. But that's the situation now, and he's losing ground at the present time. They're very satisfied with the race car. They feel the car will work and work well throughout the 1972 campaign and their effort to win the national title, the first time that Allison will ever really get the chance to do so. He's tried it two or three times as an independent and always fell short. So what about this Chevrolet car, which is currently running second here at Riverside International Raceway this afternoon? The car is not a whole lot different from the Mercury that was an excellent race car. Uh, it just, it's an excellent race car. Uh, it drives good, it handles good. Um, you know, and it has all the stuff that it takes to, to be a Class A number one race car. The thoughts of Bobby Allison. He feels Chevrolet with the Coca-Cola colors will be a Class A number one race car, and for sure, that car will be up there for some races this year. It's Petty, Allison, Isaac, and Elder now running at the present time for the front four positions. Elder won it a year ago. Darkness will be settling in shortly. The race may not go the entire length today. If that is the situation, Elder may not get a chance to move up too much further because those front cars seem to have fallen into a groove now and they are willing to hold it. But anything can happen to a car with as many thousands of pieces as a race car. And if a couple fall out, he'll be right back there. 135 lap rundown. Herschel McGriff is up in fifth position and the Bridal Veil Oregon runner. And I know there's a lot of people all across the country that would like to see Herschel come out and run the entire Winston series. Here is one tremendous race driver. He's got a, a fan entourage up there in, in Oregon and in the state of Washington, which is just unbelievable. McGriff's army, and it's made up mostly of youngsters under 12 years old, and they just love that guy. It is now reported Allison has a valve spring problem. That's the latest. Take your pick. The rumors are flying. 135 lap rundown as Petty first, Allison second, Isaac third, Elder fourth, McGriff running in fifth position. So the West Coasters are now running in fourth and fifth with the Southeasterners running one, two, and three. That's how they stand at 135 laps, 352 miles. Less than 10 laps remain as the race will be curtained somewhat earlier than it had been anticipated. It started late today as they had a wait on fog this morning here at Riverside, California. And the fog has stayed with us all day, although the visibility has got somewhat better. The lead automobile continues to be Richard Petty seeking his second victory in the Riverside 500. He is out in front enjoying a better than 28 second advantage over second place runner Bobby Allison. It appears that they will have one more stop. The signboards are coming out from all the crews. They're indicating that they have now nine laps on some of the automobiles. Here's Petty coming across, your leader, and he is now with nine laps remaining. He has just completed his 139th tour of the track bringing him up to 364.18 miles complete. Richard Petty looks to be on his way to victory in this event, and it will be the first victory for STP Colors in the NASCAR Grand National Circuit's history. Richard Petty, a year ago in this event, finished 20th. He was called out with engine failure after having completed a total of 107 laps. Today, he's traveled 139, and when he reaches 148, somewhat short of the 191 scheduled, he will be home a winner if it stays together. And that is a question on a 2.62 nine-turn road course. Barney Hall.
Richard doesn't seem to be having any handling problems at all, Ken. He's been maneuvering inside, outside, slower traffic, and you don't see much passing through these S's, but he's been doing it for the last few laps, and he's not letting off at all. And it'd be a great, great win for him just moving over to the STP Corporation, as you said, to come home with his first victory of the season here at Riverside. He's in real good shape to do it right now. There is a report from Bobby Allison's pit crew that number 12's engine has sustained a broken valve spring, and the track press is attempting to reconcile that report with earlier reports of that uh, high gear only situation. Further report from the Allison pit crew, Junior Johnson says the only problem with the car is the broken valve spring, that Bobby is using a lot of high gear so as not to strain the engine any more than is necessary. They're as, staying in high gear. As a follow-up from turn six on that, uh, we have been listening to Allison, took our headphones here off as he came down and if there's one place uh, that would cause critical problems here on the track with transmission and only having high gear it would be here in turn six but Bobby is shifting and apparently his transmission is okay he is taking his easy easy through here and we can actually hear the deficiency in the engine we can hear a clatter as he comes by here kind of a 32 Kevin Terrace is back in once again what a battle we may have for the Grand National Championship this year. Petty, Allison, Isaac are all running one, two, three. Here are three of the real heavies in automobile racing, and they're running first, second, and third at the present time at the Winston Western 500 with Richard Petty in front, Bobby Allison second, Bobby Isaac third, Elder, Ray Elder running fourth, and fifth is Herschel McGriff. Those are the front five as they move down towards the finish. Do we have that 22 car rundown that we had just a moment ago here, Roger? With six laps remaining, there are now six laps to go on the field. Having completed 142, 372 miles down. Running in seventh place is James Hilton. Running eighth is Elmo Langley, the ninth place competitor. Staying on the track in ninth position is Friday Hessler, and running 10th is Cecil Gordon. Cecil Gordon from Horseshoe, North Carolina, who hasn't had too many opportunities to run a road course. We asked him how he liked Riverside. I like to run a road course. It's, uh, it's a different type of racing, and it's, as far as driving goes, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. And he's getting it on in 10th position at the present time. James Hilton is listed as the sixth place competitor here in the race at 140 laps. Petty, Allison, Isaac, Elder, McGriff standing as they were. And then in sixth place, James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina. So he's right back in the thick of things for the point battle this year after the initial race. James Hilton a year ago had a pretty good run out here. And uh, coming right back this season and doing the same. Finished in the front five last time he was here in June. Bobby Allison coming by. Allison still in the thick in second place. Running third is Bobby Isaac. Great race for Isaac today. Third place run on a road course. Not his kind of a racetrack, but definitely one that's really going to set him up for big things in the K&K Dodge later this season. Showing five laps to go. Five laps remaining as Richard Petty gets ready to roll out of turn number nine and will follow him through lap traffic as he moves around. Richard Petty will not move around. He's pitting. Petty comes onto pit road. This is it. The last stop for Petty. They check the rubber on the left side. There is no change. They're topping the tank. He is away. Bobby Allison getting an opportunity to pick up some time here. How long a stop for Richard Petty, Marvin? Eight seconds. Waiting on Bobby Allison. His last opportunity. Petty is back underway. Roll down pit road, out through reentry, and back on the track. 
Bobby Allison's effort today looks to be falling short. He has not come around as yet. Here he comes out of turn number nine. He is coming by and we'll check the separation between first and second very, very shortly. Here is Allison completing another lap, saving the engine and trying to bring it home for Junior Johnson and Richard Howard. Can't forget Richard's got a hand on that Chevrolet automobile, the owner of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, which is running so beautifully today. The board now shows 143 complete, working the 144th lap. They'll have completed 377 miles and they come by and the race will be coming down before the distance of 500 miles. They have gone more than halfway. Darkness settling over Riverside, California. And they want these drivers to get this one in. Here's Bobby Isaac coming across, the third place runner. Don Naiman says the Eastern Winston 500, Sunday, May 7th at Talladega, Alabama. I want you to remember that one down at the world's fastest motor speedway at Talladega, Alabama. James Hilton on pit road from Inman, South Carolina. Richard Petty across the line. Petty puts another lap on the board and Richard Petty there'll be some victory lane celebration when he comes in let's go now to Barney Hall Petty just swings through turn number two and works his way through the S's Richard sounds real strong and makes his way through there's no traffic here in the S's as Richard comes on up through sensing his first victory to get the season underway as he heads for turn six Richard just coming into turn six we just timed the separation between Richard Petty and uh, we found Richard Petty again about 38 seconds, 38 seconds out in front of Bobby Allison as he comes around here. Richard now going into turn number eight, really kind of stroking it at this point. Richard around eight, down into the back straightaway. And at this point, we can't even see Bobby Allison coming up the S's here from turn number six as Richard's way back down on the back straightaway now. Back to radio control. We'll follow Richard Petty all the way around the next time. It's 104.048 miles per hour for 140 laps. 99.915 miles per hour, the old record, so they continue to shatter records here at Riverside, California in the Winston Western 500. Richard Petty, who won the last race of 1972 at Texas World Speedway, gets it on here at Riverside, California to start the 72 campaign, the 71 season ending at Texas. He won that one, comes in here, and he's out in front with a better than 30-second advantage as we wheel into the final laps of this what was to be 500-mile race, which will be curtailed somewhat short of that. About 387 miles will be the elapsed distance when the checkers are unfurled today by Pete Keller. Richard Petty starting the season in a great way and a tremendous way for Andy Granatelli and the STP people. They have put out a tremendous effort to get a race car to win in the NASCAR Grand National Circuit. And in their first try with Richard, looks like they're on the way. Sign boards are up for Richard as he moves out of turn number nine. Two laps left and will follow Richard Petty as he laps Bobby Isaac going through turn number one into Barney Hall. Betty comes out of the fog. The fog beginning to settle on the speedway again right now. Richard comes down, moves away from Bobby Isaacs as he comes into the second turn. Takes a real quick right. Goes on up through the S's. Richard doesn't seem to be backing off. Still running a real strong pace here in the Riverside race as he heads for turn six. And here comes Richard, and it's a fog-shrouded afternoon as Richard comes through turn number six here, just about five car lengths in front of Bobby Isaacs. Richard now down that back short straightaway, just about to end the, end the Ford domination of this Riverside 500 as he goes into turn number eight. Comes out of eight very nicely. Bobby Isaacs now into turn number eight. Richard now headed down that back straightaway, and as the fog sets here at Riverside, 
crowd in excess of 45,000 people. We see Richard now almost down to the Champion Bridge and Larry Huffman. Yes, we're watching him coming out of the fog. Uh, Petty coming, or check that. Yes, Richard Petty now coming out of the fog. The fog in the dark is settling over here. Petty is slowing down a little bit now, taking it easy. We watched him earlier, and when he had that 30-second uh, lead over Allison, he didn't seem to be slowing down a bit. He had his floor, foot on the floor all the way through this back straightaway, but now he is slowing down just a little bit, taking it easy, and a well-deserved rest. Going into the long sweeping term is Richard Petty in uh, the 72 Plymouth, the STT, STP Plymouth, coming around now in front of the tower. Final lap for Richard Petty. This is it. White flag is unrolled, and it's out for Richard as he wheels down at a turn number one and is on his way for a final lap around this speedway. It's been a tremendous run. The darkness continues to settle. What loyal fans they have here in Riverside. 45,000 of them on a fog shrouded day have stayed here and seen a tremendous race, which will be ending early. Let's go to Barney Hall. Petty swings by in turn two on his victory lap. If he can make it back around, he'll be the winner here at Riverside, getting the season off to a great start on his way to collect more than $15,000. Petty moves up into the west end of the speedway. We have him here, uh, Barney, in the familiar Petty Blue, car number 43, the 72 Plymouth, as he goes down that short straightaway, and we can't help but think this may be the last time we'll see 100% Petty Blue on that car as he goes out of turn number eight, and he's going to stroke it around this last lap down the back straightaway, and one of the slower cars actually going a little faster, and Richard is now down the back straightaway as Richard heads for the champion bridge. The fans are standing up on their feet all along the uh, fences lining both sides of this long straightaway as Petty comes along in his final victory lap. An interesting point I noted is the number of young people, there's a bunch of fans waving Petty on, the number of young people, teenagers and uh, under 12s out here today. It looks like a, a real Woodstock type happening. All right, there goes Petty now, past the, past the uh, Champion Bridge and then into turn number nine, the long sweeping right-hand turn, and he'll come back around in front of the tower, Richard Petty. So the champion remains the champion. That unparalleled story in the history of auto racing. The Petty family of Randall, North Carolina, and they are about to conquer Riverside, California for the second time. He takes it all. Car number 43, Petty wins the Winston Western 500. Richard Petty taking his victory lap. He is the champion of the Winston Western 500, which ends at 148 laps, 387.76 miles. Richard Petty taking his victory lap. He is the champion of the Winston Western 500, which ends at 148 laps, 387.76 miles. And he waited until the halfway mark, and then he was home. He came up through, ran second and third, did not show as the leader much of the way until we come pretty close to the halfway mark in the Winston Western 500. He is now pulling into victory lane. Let's go to Jerry Smith. Okay, we have Richard Petty here and uh, leaning in the window, Andy Grandatelli, his lovely wife, everybody trying to give him the first point of congratulation. And if anybody has got to be happy, it's got to be Andy Grandatelli selecting Richard Petty for his associate for the 1972 racing season. When you start out the season with a winner, there's not a whole lot more you can do to make it more outstanding. And uh, if we get a chance in here. Congratulations. Uh, we've got a gentleman here with his first question. Very good, uh, Richard. Again, congratulations. An outstanding effort, but what better way to end the season with a win and start a brand new season with another one? Well, that's about as good as we can do. We uh, ended up winning the last 500 mile, last three 500 mile races, and now we've got to start off on this season. And uh, uh, if that's any indication, we should have a real good season. You had anything uh, less than no company up until about the last 15 <laughs> laps. Tell us about that. Well, it was pretty busy uh, between Allison and Port and myself, and uh, every once in a while we'd run together, and then somebody'd get away, and then we'd make pit stops or something. We'd all get 
you know, back close together. But actually, all of us run just about the same speed, and then they had trouble, and uh, my car didn't have any trouble, and I wound up winning. Richard, we've got some photographers behind you here, very right. anxious Dolly. to get a shot of the picture, Dolly. but uh, we'll have another question or two. <laughs> a jacket going on for Richard right at the moment. And of course we Andy, let's take just a moment, if we can. Andy Granatelli. Whether you know it, I'll give you a flash. Whether you know it or not, Andy, you're on, you're on sound, right? I know I'm on sound. Huh? Andy, what's your feeling about this relationship for the first race and the big win? I'll give you a break here. <laughs> we'll give you a break. Andy's got to get the uh, STP sticker on there, and I've got McCord wrapped up with Richard. Here we go, STP going all over the jacket. What's your impression of this first race of 1972? Fantastic. That's it. Fantastic. Okay, we've got Richard Petty up on the uh, podium now with our two lovely race ladies. The average speed for today's race was 104.016 miles per hour. It's a new record for the distance of 148 laps, uh, not going the total distance, so it will not stand as a 500 record, of course. The final finish is now coming in. Here are the final standings as they came across the line. Richard Petty was the winner, Bobby Allison second, Bobby Isaac third, Ray Elder fourth, Herschel McGriff had a fifth place finish, Kevin Terrace took sixth place. The seventh place finisher is James Hilton with eighth place Elmo Langley, ninth place Friday Hessler, tenth place Cecil Gordon, and eleventh was Johnny Soares, the California runner, having a very good day for eleventh place. Cecil Gordon placing in the tenth position, Friday Hessler ninth, Langley eighth, Hilton seventh, Kevin Terra sixth, Herschel McGriff fifth, Ray Elder fourth, Bobby Isaac third, Allison second, and Richard Petty wins it. A rather unusual situation today as 47,200 looked on. Richard Petty won the 10th annual Winston Western 500. It is his second such victory for Petty. He won over the full distance in 1969. And, and here's a thought. Back in 1969, when they had a Permatex 200 the day before, the winner was Herschel McGriff. And Herschel McGriff was the winner yesterday in that Permatex 200 mile event. An ironic coincidence, yesterday, Petty's staff, Dale Inman and company, crewed Herschel's car at Permatex entry in the Sportsman competition. So it's a replay of 1969 completely here in 1972 as Herschel McGriff wins in the Sportsman race on Saturday and Richard Petty comes back to win on Sunday. Riverside International Raceway, the Winston Western 500 goes to STP and Richard Petty today. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.